that said, welcome to Jam Up number 20. I am Mark Thomas. This is MMA superstar Jeff Lights Out Hughes and uh, special guest Evan Epochweiler, aka Black Dust. AKA Black Dust, too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this episode number 20 is Jam Up. This is a special episode. It is. Yeah. We're going to get, uh, we won't jump too far ahead, but we're going to get more serious this episode, but we're still going to run it like we always do and just bullshit for an hour and a half. For sure. That's how we do. It's a garbage truck on fire, but an entertaining garbage truck on fire. That's impressive. 20 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very impressed. It's Thank the second you. best I've ever done when it comes to a podcast. Because Jay and Mark did 40 episodes. Did they really? Yeah. Well, like I said, three of them were, were best of episodes. Oh, okay. But, but still, that's, that's the most we've ever done. 37 episodes. That's a lot. But yeah, Jam Up is going to beat that shit, though. For, for sure. sure. We got this for the next lot of years, so. Yeah. <laughs> Not to jump ahead, but that sounds like my days of sobriety. <laughs> that's the, best, the furthest I've ever made. Yeah. I'm proud of you, by the way. Thank you. For sure. I guess we can, we can get right into it. What's what's been up with Evan? Is the topic I wrote down. What's been up with Evan? That's what uh, that's what like ten, fifteen people want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say the world wants to know. Yeah. Uh well, I was kind of going over things. I don't know how much you guys want me to go into detail. I was kind of. We want you to start from the beginning. Yeah, as much as you want. Make to. sure you put the AHW title in the picture, though. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, we got two champs on this episode. <laughs> My belt's more impressive, for sure. That's the that's probably the most coveted one out of all of them. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I guess I could just go through what I was going through with Jeff uh, about the past year, because it's, it's actually right about a year. Um, I'll start uh, the end of December last year. Um, so this is all about my drinking. Um, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, my name's Evan. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Here we go. Hi, Evan. Hi. <laughs> Amongst other uh, drug addictions and things like that. But uh, basically, um, for the past so many years, I've been having family and friends tell me I need to get help. Um, especially, you know, like I hang out with Jeff here. And when he tells me I need help and when, you know, other guys like Jared and Josh tell me I need help, guys that I drink with yeah. and I'm watching them, you know, I've been watching them since I'm in my young 20s drink and do beer bongs and have parties and then they're telling me I need help. It's like, I, I guess I probably need help <laughs> if I'm going beyond those limits. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I won't go too crazy in the past, but I've lost numerous jobs and things from – uh, due directly to drinking. Some of them because I was drinking on the job and some of them just because I was negligent and started calling off work uh, because of drinking and things. So finally I lost a job last December uh, due to drinking. I uh, came home from that job just completely wasted because of course I went to the bar after I lost the job. Uh, got even more intoxicated. Came home, got in a huge blow-up fight with my parents um, you know, at this point I have three DUIs, um, always back living with my parents in the basement because every time I save up money, uh, you get in trouble, legal trouble, things like that. It and, all costs a lot of money too. Cause yeah. I've been there. Cause yeah, you have a, right? Yeah. I have one that was a, might as well be called a super DUI. Yeah, super. <laughs> all three of mine are super. Yep. At least you're you're consistent. I'm very consistent. Always over point two. Um, <laughs> it's, it's 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 up there. It's bad. 
Um, but this was kind of like what I thought was the final straw, I guess, this time, because I got in this huge fight. I mean, even going into like religion and things, the things that I, I was out of my mind drunk. I think it ended with me falling down the basement steps oh, and uh, landing pretty much on my head. Damn. And they said, I don't remember it, but they said I shut up then and w- went over and went to bed. Wow. Yeah, that ended the argument. That ended the argument. You pretty much knocked yourself out. Yeah. Which is probably the last thing you should do right after knocking <laughs> Right after, I, yeah, I could be concussed. <laughs> yeah. I had a lump on my head the next day, I remember. And uh, that day I, I told my parents that I wanted help. And I said, okay, I, I finally was admitting I needed help. I had known I was an alcoholic for a while. Um, I wasn't fighting that anymore i had been already in and out of treatment but they were always like forced treatments like i went to jail and i went through the aod program (laughs) am i putting you to sleep (laughs) that's just walt breathing so uh you know i knew when i heard other people's stories i was like that sounds a lot like mine i'm obviously an alcoholic but the thing with this disease and I, I call it a disease. I have. I won't even get into that. But I have reasons why I call it a disease, uh, because I've actually watched videos and things about the brain, what parts of the brain it affects. I believe that it is a disease. But um, beyond that, um, one of the things with it is we always try to say that we can control it because we forget the pain that we go through when we're really bad. It's just like uh, pregnancy. For they say, <clears throat> if a woman remembered child labor like exactly that they would never want to have another kid right. oh, yeah. because of the pain. But our body, our genetic makeup is so insane that our brains are able to forget. So I forget. I'm like, it wasn't really that bad when I was going through withdrawal, was it? I mean, it was bad for maybe a day, but then it was okay. Hmm. If I just drink on the weekends, I'll be okay. I do this all the time. I, we just rationalize with ourselves. And so anyway, I'm getting way off track. No, here. keep going. Yeah, yeah. No, this is good. No, this <laughs> is really good. Insight here, I like it. Yeah. So, um, basically, I finally said I needed help. So I went to Ignatia Hall, um, awesome place. Um, it's got a lot of history with AA because you know AA started in Akron, Ohio. So with um, we're Bob sister town, you know, sister, sister Ignatia, and, yeah. and all that stuff. So it's a great place. But I was just doing outpatient, so I was going uh, four days a week for like three hour sessions and they were like small groups. Um, we had family nights. It was really good. And I stayed sober. I was like, finally, this was the first time this is last January. And I think this is the first time I was actually committed to getting sober. Like all the other times I was like, yeah, I know I need to quit. I need to cool down, but I never wanted to quit all the way. And this time I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So I got over 30 days sober. I was doing good, but I still struggled with the, I'm never, ever going to have a drink in my life again. That, uh. That's the hardest part for me. So, you know, they drill all these stupid sayings in your head, like, one day at a time. Don't look at the big picture like that. Just one day at a time. And I'm like, eh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm finally, now I am doing that one day at a time. Now when somebody asks, like, if you ask me, today um are you ever going to drink again i'm not going to tell you no Hmm. i could drink tomorrow yeah Yeah, i don't know and kind of part of what works for me is i tell myself if i do good today and this sounds so stupid sounds so childish but i tell myself if i do good today and make it through today i can have a drink tomorrow Hmm. and i've heard people say that and i was like that's not going to work it kind of works 
So I tell myself, I can have a drink tomorrow. And then I wake up tomorrow and I go, same thing. Yeah, it's like Joe's Crab Shack or something. Right. Free crab tomorrow. And exactly, exactly. No, I, I can tomorrow. relate to that just be from like, you know, when I have a fight coming up, I have to eat right. If I do good for the next five days, I'm going to celebrate and go eat a pizza or, or do go wild. And then when that day comes, I'm like, I get on the scale or whatever. And I'm like, I'm happy with that number. I don't need that pizza. I, I, that's how I kind of relate to that. Uh-huh. That's what they tell me to do. And they say eventually, you know, once you get a year in or two years then the the desire to drink and the cravings are going to start fading too. I mean, I don't think they're ever going to completely go away. No. But I, you know, I just, at this point, I try to tell myself, I don't look at it like that anymore of, am I ever going to drink again? Instead I go, uh, maybe a year from now I'm going to go on a date with a girl or something and maybe we are going to have drinks and maybe I'll be able to handle it. Mm. Will I be able to handle it? Probably not. But that's how I'm looking at it in my head. Maybe I will. And maybe I will drink. Maybe I'll drink 10 days from now. I don't know. Right. But I know today I'm not planning on drinking. Yeah, that's weird. That's something you don't really think about when it comes to, like, alcoholism. Like, what is it going to be like to date someone that drinks or that has a drink? Like, what if you... Right. Some people, I'm sure, like, just, like, kissing someone who has alcohol, like, on their lips or in their mouth or something, like, that might trigger them, you know what I mean? I mean, there are all kinds of triggers like that. And, like, for me, I've, in the last, like, few years, I've dated girls. Well, I've destroyed so many relationships that really have never even had a chance to get started. Because, um, like, I've, I've went out with a couple different girls in the last few years that I knew from back in high school that I believe probably had crushes on me. They were younger than me in high school because they had a different image of what I was. Yeah. And, of course, what do you do when you go on a date? You go to a bar, you go to a movie, and then you go to dinner, you go to the bar. There's usually yeah. alcohol involved. There's alcohol involved. Most of the time. like That's like that liquid courage people need to like, oh, meet yeah. new people and shit. I, I need to get a couple drinks of me to, right. get, to be able to talk and be Evan Wiley. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so then within a few dates, I think they start realizing he might have a problem. Yeah, yeah. Like it was fun the first couple of dates. He's a lot of fun, but I, I think he takes it a little bit too far. Because then we go back to their house and I'm still drinking, and they're done. And they're ready to shut down for the night. Yeah, they're yeah. ready to either go to bed and go to sleep, or you know something else. Right. <laughs> but and I'm still. Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. Run in the kitchen and grab a drink. And I mean, I can't tell you how many girls I've hid like that. No, we're drinking together that night, and I'm still hiding drinks from them. Right, it's almost it was became a habit almost. Oh yeah, that's like part of my everyday routine is hiding how much I'm drinking. When you're going places that are for drinking and you're still hiding what you're drinking, it's pretty bad. Right. I I'll even say uh, this past summer I went to Jared's and brought a twelve pack with me, and uh, I was going in his house and getting in my book bag and drinking. uh, I had a thing of apple. Uh, crown, right? And I was taking shots when nobody was around. On top of the twelve beers on that you were planning on drinking, yep. so you had like pre-planned like hiding. I had everything. That fucking book bag wow. was was the downfall. First off, oh, I've got it in your car. No, no. <laughs> I will fucking smash that thing right now. I like it. The book bag. Yeah. Um. That should be like the name of your biography. The book bag. The book bag. Yeah, I, yeah that makes sense. Chapter one, car bar. <laughs> the creator the of the car, car bar. bar. Uh, people know the car bar. And that the, the sad thing about the car bar is I was doing that after my first DUI and after my second DUI. 
After my second DUI, people at one job knew me. We'd go. I worked with a lot of young kids at uh, Incept. Um, I say young kids. I was young too, but I I was in my late twenties. A lot of them were in their early twenties, and uh, we they knew when we go out to uh, like First Friday or go to the bars in downtown Canton. Evan's got a car bar. He's right. got a couple bottles in his car. It got to the point where because I was known for it, I'd get like different stuff. Because uh, I wanted to be. Yeah. Cool guy. Started buying into it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the car bar. Let's go, I guys. think that honestly was a, a big factor in maybe the beginning was that you were the party guy. You were the Michelangelo of the group. And we <laughs> like all that. had so much fun doing, you know, getting you route up and getting you to that the epoch level. And I think it was like – and I think we're, we're part to blame too for everything because we like would – feed into it feed into it and then like you had a hard time shutting it off and we were like okay it's time to chill the fuck out and you were like no no, no I'm, I'm turned up yeah. now I'm, I'm ready to go i mean you guys can't blame yourselves i mean absolutely those are true stories but like i was gonna get there one way or the other right. i i just enjoyed um i was just in rehab with a guy who was also a musician uh, like myself, only he was a lot more accomplished musician than me. Um, he actually played in a, a pretty big band called Satire. I don't think he'll mind that I throw that out there. Um, Plug it. And uh, they uh, they played. I mean, he opened up for bands like Better Than Ezra in the '90s and the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh wow, that's so, those I mean, are big bands. Yeah. yeah, he was doing it like at a young age, and he said like his first addiction, and this stuck with me. He was a big talker in rehab. You know, he had a lot of good insight was uh, applause. That was the first uh, thing. And I really related to that. Like you were saying, you guys would get me riled up. I like the attention. Right. I, I love the attention. I liked... Never shied away from a camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, now in sobriety, I get nervous before things like this. I get really nervous. Like we're, You're like, we're going to talk about it. You can go ahead and yeah. take the mic. And I'm like, I'm No, like you're doing shy. great, though. This is, this is, I like hearing this. I honestly yeah, do. For sure. It's, it's, it's totally a different... Like, I don't know. It's different because before I'd just be like, man, you know, just throw everything out there, throw my life out there, and I didn't care. But it's it's harder to talk about this stuff, I guess. Um, I guess oh, there there's Walt again. <laughs> yeah, he's chiming in. He'll chime in from time to time. I guess to get back on track with uh, last year, and um, I'm sure you can edit some of this out if I drag on too long about this stuff, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, so I went to this IOP. I did well. Um, after we finished the four weeks, we went to something called Relapse Prevention Program, where I just basically checked back into Ignatia Hall once a week, every Thursday, and had a, a different counselor. I still saw all the same people. I have great relationships still right now with these people up at Ignatia Hall, the counselors there. I love them. I love that place. Um, and... I relapsed a couple times while I was going to this relapse prevention program. I guess everybody kind of has a different idea of what a relapse is. Um, you know, some people say it's just when you pick up a drink again. Some people say there's something called a prelapse. You might go have a couple drinks and you kind of catch yourself. And Before you it gets too bad again. Yeah, some people say a relapse is you actually start binging again. Yeah. Mm. I definitely relapsed. I was drinking again. But I told on myself... Uh, these couple times that I did that, I told on myself there, which was very different for me. I was really trying to work on being honest because, I mean, when we become addicts, um, we become liars. Like, 
big time. We, it goes hand in hand. It goes hand in hand. You ha- kind of have to learn how to lie yeah. because you're you're telling your family and your friends that you know you're doing things better and you're not, and so you you become a good liar. You yeah. become good at hiding things, and then you catch yourself lying about things that aren't important. So my one counselor, she was not an addict, but her husband was. So she went to Al-Anon. Her husband's been clean nine years, and she says still to this day they'll have a conversation, and he'll, she'll ask him a stupid question like, what did you do today? And he'll start to say something, and then he'll go, he'll stop, and he'll go, I, I don't know why I said that. I didn't do that. This is what I did. And it's just because... It's, in, it's instinct at it's this point. It's yeah. instinct to cover up. I, you don't think about stuff like that when, when no, you hear, not at all. when you hear attic. I mean, you know, you hear, you think of lying and 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 like pulling the wool over people's eyes, but you don't think of after they get help that it's still part of them. It's kind of ingrained in your brain. I think, right. yeah, I mean, it's something you you can get over over time. But I, I catch myself doing stupid stuff. I'll talk to my parents sometimes, and, I, and I've even caught myself with my parents, and I'll be like, I don't know why I said that. Like, I'm just so used to. Uh, Hiding everything from them, right? Yeah. That's um, wow. I wouldn't like, even think of that. To be like, honest, you know, to quote Eddie Guerrero, you know, the lying, cheating, and stealing—that's what I did. Yeah. Um, my stealing was always a a light stealing, but stealing is stealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my thing—I don't know, Jeff. You probably knew. Um, I like to steal change. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I heard the story, and that's one. That's that's. Not we don't have to go into it, but that's when I heard I was like, "All right, this something has to change here." And it wasn't yeah. like I at no point did I say, "Well, it's time to write Evan off," because I understand that there there's an issue here. That this wasn't he didn't want to do this, but he felt the need he had to do this, and that's why I said we can't write him off. We cannot it, write him off. It beats to the point where I wasn't working, you know, because I could never hold down a job, right. and I'd want a bottle. So everywhere I go, if people leave loose change around, I was I was taking it, I was pocketing it. Some people kind of knew. I think like I took change from your place, your apartment. I think you kind of knew and didn't really care because right. you always had change scattered right. everywhere. I'm, I'm Richard Hughes' son. You you don't, wouldn't have to work if you went to his house. <laughs> and uh, my buddy Corey, he kind of knew that I did it at his house, and he would even tell me like I helped them move one day, and he was like. There was just change under everything. He goes, you can keep all the change right. <laughs> that you find. What was bad is when I go into, like, Jared, uh, we all know, you know, I'd actually go into his change jar and take change out right. wow. and try to make it not noticeable. And my parents were the worst. Anytime. My parents don't keep change out anymore. My parents don't la- leave money around. Yeah. They can't. I uh, mean, not not saying they can't, but the, the temptation is always going to be there probably. Right. They, just even if it's not for anything, it's like, oh, that's something that you're used to doing. They just, yeah, they completely don't trust me. to, And it, it's sad, you know, you go around uh, people that you love and I always feel like now I'm overcompensating when I'm around people like going, like, look where I'm going, watch me. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. Because I feel like people constantly think I'm up to something. Like they're watching. I never got that that from you, but when I when I did hear the change thing, I said, um, you know, now we're just gonna have to watch it close. Like it can't become a habit of where, you know, and we can't set you up. We can't go okay. Right. Here's five dollars on the the dresser. Like let's see if he takes it because I mean that's just not that that's not gonna do anything. I mean we know there's a problem here, and let's instead of trying to cause a bigger problem, let's try to fix it. Let's try to help him fix it. So. 
Yeah, in, in my head, I never wanted to hurt that person. I was never trying to take from somebody that was like, you know, I would do it, and that's why I did it in little amounts like right. that because I'm just like, they're not going to notice this is coming. Right. They're not going mi- to yeah. miss this $4 and quarters. Yeah. Right. I get it. But Completely. It, it just gets worse and worse as it goes, and then it becomes a habit. Um, but anyway, to get back on track, uh, you know, I relapsed there, but I told on myself I still was trying to get help. My parents actually started coming around a lot more in this past year because they know I'm actually trying to get help. My mom went from uh, just, uh, I don't understand why you drink. I don't understand why you do drugs. I don't understand why you do this. It doesn't make sense to me. Why do you want to put a chemical into your body that messes you up and is bad for you in every way? I, I just don't get it. To now, she's went to some of the family sessions. She she understands it's something in the brain and she sees that for the first time I actually want to get help. And so she's a little bit more understanding. She's still tired of going through it. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful that I have a place to stay, uh, right now while I'm trying to get my feet back on the ground. But at any time, if I screw up, you know, they'll, they'll that could be it. Kick me to the curb. That's another, that's another thing that could help motivate you to stay oh, yeah. like, Oh fuck. Like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> um, yeah, anytime I go to leave the house now, it's like, where are you going? And, you know, I can sit here all day and say I'm in my 30s and my parents are questioning where I'm going. Like, that's that's so messed up. But the reason why is because if I come back in a different state and they know I'm starting up again, they have every right to tell me I can't live there. They're giving right. me a place to stay. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of have come around to see it in their eyes, too, because, you know, I was 20 times more independent. 10 years ago than I am now. Yeah, you had your own... You had, I had you my own place, yeah. you know, like, relationships I, I could hold down, uh, jobs I could hold down a little better. But it's a progressive disease, that's what they say. People would always tell me, uh, you'd go to these AA meetings and hear people speak, and they'd always say, it's a progressive disease, it gets worse. And I'd go, that doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah, maybe the physical stuff, like your liver gets worse, those things get worse, but the disease, like... I still go out, I can take a month off and go out, and it's still the same. I just get drunk, it's the same. Right. No, it does get worse. It's weird. Before, I could drink for years, you know, before I started going through these withdrawals and things. Now I can go out, and within two weeks, I'm back withdrawing again. Hmm. It, it, like, progresses in your brain. Hmm. I don't know if it's because I, I drink more now to get to it. I'm always chasing that first drink. Right. When I drink now, I take a shot of whiskey, and it feels good. You know, first couple shots, and I'm I'm into it, that warm feeling. And then the rest of the time I'm drinking, I'm chasing that buzz. Right. It's wow. kind of like cocaine, you know. Um, We've with all co- done cocaine. Yes. Okay, we've yeah. all done coke. Um, you know, you're always chasing that initial high you get from coke. You're, like, chasing that buzz. All like, night. Yeah, it's as all, soon yeah, as it yeah. starts to feel a little bit like it's wearing off, you're like, where's another bump? That's why yeah. it's so addicting. Right. Like, yeah. When with alcohol, it wasn't always that way. You know, it felt like you could just drink so much in a night and be done. But now I'm constantly chasing that buzz to where I've had 10 shots, 12 shots, and, like, I still want more. Right. I have to, like, tell myself, just go to bed, you know? Yeah. And there was no... There for a while, there was no shutoff switch. Your shutoff switch was your body literally going, I can't do the anymore tonight. We got to go to bed. Or falling down Absolutely. the stairs and falling on your head. Yeah, knocking Absolutely. yourself out. Uh, Jeff, I can probably tell a story, and this is 
even this is like what 10 years ago nine years ago in my apartment when we were all like fighting mma style in my kitchen Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh i just wouldn't quit i had been going all night and i kept wanting to fight and there i'm getting beat up and we're not fighting for real we're We're putting him in submissions he's he's tapping out and then Three minutes later, he's like, let's go again. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's I have rug burn. Leave me alone. <laughs> Josh, I think, finally, I don't remember. I was blacking out, but Josh didn't. He finally tell you, okay, put him out. Yeah. And I didn't, though. I didn't. Well, uh, Maybe you, I did. I don't you know. You gave me a couple shift, uh, swift shots that uh, I was done. <laughs> it was enough. I think I had a little bruising on my side yeah. the next day, and I was, I was like, all right, I'm going to bed. Shit. But, I mean, there were nights like that. Uh, or or Jared's, I don't really want to get into this, but Jared's bachelor party. Um, we all know what a wreck I was at that. Yeah, and that's it was weird because we were having such a good time. And, once again, we were we were egging you on, keep drinking. Oh, go play beer pong by yourself. Let's see how funny it gets. And then when it got to that point, we were like, we don't want this to happen anymore. When and it-, it was like, oh, well. Tough shit. We we started this. We made this happen because we kept going, drink more, drink more. I think and, that was one of the markers. Was Jared's bachelor party when when uh, my friends started getting sick of me acting like that. Right. And then so I stopped hanging out with you guys so much and started hanging out with just people I knew from the bars right. because they they accepted me more. Because they they understand because they, they could do they the same care. thing. And yeah. It got like, so oh, it could bad. be me tonight, you know. It got so bad that in the last couple of years, uh, guys that I hung out with that were my bar friends, just my bar friends, I noticed I wasn't really getting invited back to the after parties anymore. They wouldn't say anything. They'd still be happy to see me when I came in the bar and stuff. Right. But I like, I felt like the last couple of times I was drinking that I didn't really get an invite back. And I was like, hmm. Started, the wheels started turning. Yeah. Like, oh. They're sick of me you're getting the, sloppy And I'm telling you right drunk. now, you're... Sober, you're the funnest guy. The first couple hours of drinking, you're the definitely the funnest guy in the party. And then after that, it becomes well. Now we got to babysit Evan because you took that to the next extreme. I knew at Jared's bachelor party when we were Josh took it too far with you, obviously. And I was I I kind of was like, okay, that's enough of this. And then you when you went outside and you were trying to leave and you were looking for your car and you're standing in the middle of the road going. I can't find my car. And it was literally four feet to your right. I was like, okay, we, we did something wrong here. Yeah, that's something. a red flag for sure. Yeah. I'll never forget, though. I was so mad at you. And I shouldn't have been, but I was so mad at you. The next morning, you, I'm leaving. You open your door. You pop your head out. You start giving the Evan Wiley grin. I go, don't even fucking look at me right now. I'm mad at you. And you're like, you just close the door back. You're like, all right, fine. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out why everybody's mad at me because it's all still exactly. coming back to me. Exactly. You're putting the pieces together, and you're yeah. like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And then it was like... Yeah, in my head, it wasn't bad at all. Right. I will admit, though, you were never, ever once a violent person drunk. Well, that's what I said, too. I've gotten in some arguing matches with uh, my family before, and... and uh, uh, with some friends too. Obviously, that night I got into it with Josh. We had some stuff, which I apologize sincerely, Josh. Um, well, he um, he he was he was just enough to blame. We were we kind of had a little build going. Um, since then, we've been completely back to our right, old friendship. Normal. So, but um, I 
Yeah, I never really, I never wanted to get violent. Right. Usually I was a pretty happy drunk. You were always a very happy drunk. I just, that I've always dealt with. I got to a point where, uh... Walter, I, relax. I don't know what I'm barking at, but I'm barking. I got. I just got to the point where I was just completely sloppy all the time. Right. I was that guy. I was that guy that when we were younger, we looked at and we're, we're like, I'm never going to be that guy. Like, right. I'll I'm never wake up and fun. drink in the morning. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. I'm Man. always going to be the fun drunk. Because, you know, you guys weren't babysitting me when we were in our young 20s. And I, even though I was wasted, but I was, we were all were and it was yeah. just fun. It was I wasn't falling over and sloppy and well you had that shutoff switch back then like it was like okay time to we're all crashing let's crash let's crash yeah somewhere along the line that changed for me right so anyway uh, finally got to the point um, after I finished there I went on vacation with my family things were good for a while and it didn't take me long before I picked up again um, did the whole I'm gonna control it again uh, went a little bit. Uh, controlling it, just drinking on the weekends. Uh, was I told myself all the time, just don't drink the next morning. When you wake up and you feel hangover, let that hangover happen. Right. Don't try mm. to kill it off. Sure enough, I just slowly started drinking all the time again, drinking every day uh, to the point where I'd get up in the morning and I'd, I'd have another drink before I went to work just to cool off, like... It got to the point where I was going to work, and I'd be typing on my keyboard, and my hands were just physically, I could see them shaking. Wow. And it was because I was going through withdrawal. Of that short amount of time. that short amount of time. I would just be coming off like a three-day bender. Say I started drinking Friday or Saturday night, and then I drank all day Sunday pretty much. Uh, Hiding it from people or thinking I was hiding it. I used to get away with it now they know they just kind of like let it happen live with it yeah you know. and uh and then i'd get to work and i'd just be shaking so it gets so bad i'd i'd, I'd uh i'd take alcohol to work i put it in my gatorade or whatever and just when no one's looking pop it because i'm at this point i'm just trying to maintain i'm not even trying to get drunk at work i'm trying to hit that if i can get enough in me to be able to breathe and relax and not feel like I'm about to have an anxiety attack, then I'm set. And then an hour later or so, <laughs> I need another drink. Right. Yeah. It got to the point where I'm going on my lunch break and I'm walking from my work down to the bar. On a lunch break? On a lunch break, break. Half hour. I have a half hour. And I'd look around, you know, see if anybody's watching from the building and I'd walk. I walk. They'd, they might just think I'm going to the gas station to get something. I'd walk all the way to the bar. I'd go in. I'd say, you know, give me a tall beer and a shot of Crown. I'd get it, take the shot of Crown, uh, chase it with the beer. I'd go into the bathroom, take my bathroom break because it is my lunch break, come out, give me another shot, take that shot down, finish my beer, walk out, and i got to get back. i got to zoop back to work. So I've gotten, like, two big, nice bar shots in me just to level me out. Right. And just, I'm, like, good again. A couple hours later at work, I need something else. I started taking those five-hour energies and filling them up like a couple shots in those. Oh, wow. Clever. <laughs> I mean, that's the way we get. It's cle- it out. is clever, but that at what point were you pouring the shots into the five-hour energy drinks going, what the fuck am, am I, I doing? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, whenever you know I'd get off these benches and come to, I'd be like, I'd start... 
I, I look back and I, I, all I feel is shame. I'm just completely embarrassed of my behavior. I'm completely, what am I doing trying to lose another job? So I almost lost this job because I ended up in this for the first time I went to the hospital because my, my uh, counselor at Ignatia told me, you need to quit going through this withdrawal at home. She's like, you can die. You can start having seizures when it's that bad. I'm having the DTs, the, the explain, tremors. Explain what that is. A delirium tremor, I believe is the how you say it. But it's basically you're going through withdrawal so bad, so I'll be laying in bed, and as soon as I try to relax, I'll have one of these like moments. And then you know, all know. night I'm trying to fall asleep, and I'm doing this like uncontrollably. Not just like handshaking, but like it's an actual jolt. Right. Your body is your your nervous system's freaking out right, right. now. Right. Because yeah. it's it needs alcohol. And it, and you know in your in your brain you know how to make that go away. Exactly. And that's to take a couple shots. Yeah. It's like a dog, um, that you tell, you know, you're gonna feel better if you do this. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Well, give me that alcohol. Yep. And I'm just prolonging the hangover, to. When I finally stop, it's so bad that I feel like I'm going to die. And I just I woke up the one day and I told my parents, you know, I called off like a couple days in a row and I said, I, I can't go to work. I'm, I'm withdrawing. You know, I had, in the years leading up to this, I had looked up what withdrawal is on the Internet because I thought I was feeling it. And, you know, I knew I was full-blown feeling it. I went to Altman, was in the hospital for three days. Um, I couldn't believe that. I kept my job. Um, my boss let me keep it. He, I was pretty honest with him. He pretty much knew what was going on. I don't know that if he told the higher ups or not. Um, he actually, I went to school to be a counselor, so he's like, if you need, he, any he help, understood but, better yeah. than most people would. Um, very, very nice to me. Um, he said, "Hey, you do good work for me. I want to keep you on, um, but you need to get help." So I went. Back to Ignatia. I was completely done, graduated through the program at Ignatia Hall. Um, I went back. Um, I had some people come in, peer support, into the hospital, talk to me. They said, do you want to get into a program? I said, yeah, I'd like to go back here because I felt comfortable there. Went back, starting all over again. This is August now, and I'm starting all over again. You know, Now I've been in the hospital for this disease. I'm done. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I go back through, and... Another 30, 40 days sober, 50 days. You know, I think I was, like, really close to that 60-day. In fact, I might have even got my 60-day. I don't know if I got my 60-day chip. But anyway, uh, sure enough, I just start. you know, I'm back in the relapse prevention program. And it's like I, I don't have any accountability or something. You know, I'm only going once a week. And it happens. It starts happening. I'm going to AAs, and then I slowly stop going to AA. You know, my parents will be like, "Do you need to go to a meeting?" Eh, I don't feel like it because I honestly don't feel like it. it's like going to the gym. Yeah. Right. Once I'm there, I'm. You're happier there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Once I'm there, I'm good. It's. I'm playing a video game right now, or I'm resting. I'm, you know, I, especially now I'm working full time, so I was working, nine to five, going to. Um, the uh, in or the outpatient program till like eight. I wasn't getting home till like nine o'clock. It's at a night. full day. Yeah, it's a full you day. You get no rest time. I'm like, I'm not going to AA after that. So I'd go to AA the days that I was off, or you know. But like, that slowly slowed down. Everything slowed down. And I start drinking again. Um. So I, I was basically back to drinking. I I don't know where we're at. Like September, October, 
probably about October, I'm back to drinking kind of again, trying to control it again. Um, I don't know, when was your House of Hughes thing? Uh, November, right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I can't remember the day. Date, I think it was right but, before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I was doing good. I was going to work, and I actually had some people behind me. I had a good friend at work. Uh, she was real supportive of me. She gave me, when I got 30 days, she gave me a six-pack of Yahoo and was like, here's for 30 days. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, then, you know, like all you guys always gave me encouraging words, and, you know, you guys always say, you could, we'll hang out, we won't drink, and I'd always be like, it's me that I want to go drink. You know, I associate everything with drinking. My whole world is planned around drinking. When am I going to get it? Um, you know, how am I going to get the money to get it? How am I going to get there to get it? Because I'm not driving. Um, and all these things are caused, you know, not having money and not have, being able to drive are all caused from right. drinking. Yet yeah, I'm still planning all these things out to get my alcohol. And then when can I drink and how for how long? And It's like it's an obsession. So anyway, I had another real bad slip up. I mean, I was already drinking again. But I had a really bad binge again um, where I, I had to, like, call off work again. And my parents knew it. I admitted to them. I went through the withdrawal at home. I didn't want to go back to the hospital. Which is, like, has to be even harder. It's hard. Yeah, I've yeah. done this, like, three or four times now going through it at home. And it's just awful. All I can do is, like, lay on the couch. And then I stand up and pace because when I lay down, I start shaking. Right. And I'm just walking around. I try to drink water. I can barely choke down water. Right. Everything's gagging you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even those times when I would drink alcohol in the morning, sometimes I had to gag it down because I couldn't drink anything. But I knew if I got it in me, I was going to feel okay to make it through that day. Yeah. And it got to the point where... You know, I, I went through this withdrawal. I think that's when I told you guys, I had told Josh, I was like, hey, man. And he told me, he'd tell all you guys, I was like, I'm not going to be able to make it to Jeff's thing. I thought I was going to be able to go. I thought I could go either not drink or maybe even have a few beers because I had already started drinking again and be fine. But I went through this withdrawal, and I was like, there's no way. It was a shit show. It would have been the worst place for you to <laughs> Yeah, I was just thinking, like, it's probably a good thing you didn't go. I we probably would have. wasted. I would have been drinking. You guys would have lost track of what I was drinking because right. you guys were all drunk, and I would have. Yeah. It, was, it was bad. It I was would have been drinking whatever liquor was definitely. there. You would have yeah. sneak into the backpack. Exactly. Because yeah. you guys are all drinking, so why, how are you going to well, keep track exactly. of what I'm doing? Exactly. And it's not your job to. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, it was, yeah. I know exactly what you. It would have been. It would have been the worst possible place for you to be. It would have yeah. been bad. Yeah. So, sure enough, I cancel that, and I don't drink that weekend. You know, I was kind of upset that I didn't get to go and stuff. Oh, you know, I knew it was my fault. But within a week again, I'm I'm drinking again. Um. So the day after Thanksgiving, I told Jeff I kind of tried to go out the night before Thanksgiving, and it was like my dad knew. And my brother knew, my little brother knew, like I was trying to leave, and they just, in a nonchalant way, kept me from leaving. Yeah, you know, they, like, they didn't want you to go drink. They are like, my dad kept going, you know we're going to have family over tomorrow. And so, yeah, yeah, I'll just go out Friday night. Mm. So I went out Friday night, and uh, this is how bad it was. I asked, my, uh, I asked my dad to take me to an AA meeting, and I went to the AA with full intention of getting drunk after Wow. I didn't go to the AA meeting drunk. I was respectful. I went there, um, sat there. I took my book bag. <laughs> I told my dad I would get a ride home. I said I am I said I was doing something. I was going over to a friend's, and uh, 
I said, oh, I'm not going to be drinking. You know, I'm just going to go over and hang out and I'll be home tonight. Well, I went straight from the AAA, bought like two huge bottles of whiskey. Because at this point, when I drink, even when I haven't been drinking, I drink. I know what I need. Right. And I don't want to get something that I'm going to run out and need more. Because what if I need this now once I start going through it? This is how sick I am. So I buy two like of the you know one point seven five liter jugs yeah. of well you know you saw me take those out now I'm buying two at a time damn so I have which that. one would one is enough to drop a horse right <laughs> of this cheap Canadian gold whiskey oh, God. and uh, so I buy two bottles put them in my book bag and I go to the landmark and I just start drinking which is to let everybody know is right around the corner from your parents' house, which right, is a so. ballsy move. Mm. <laughs> right. But I know I can walk there and back. Yeah, mm. that's true. But, but when they, they close... They also stop in because they that's the first place they're going to look. Yeah. Right. Um, they, uh, I wasn't even, it wasn't even enough when they closed, I Ubered somewhere else. I think I went to the Red Dog by myself. Right. Um, I found friends there. You know, that's I'm a drinking. much farther walk, too. <laughs> I Ubered home. Oh, okay. I don't remember really going home. Um... Barely touched the bottles I bought that night, but then, sure enough, now it's Saturday, it's I'm full go. Yeah. Uh, I had to w- work on Sunday, but Saturday I'm off, and uh, I think I uh, went to the comic book store with uh, my brothers, and I wasn't drunk when I went. You know, I woke up feeling, and I had like one or two to level me out. <laughs> what, what comic book store? Bill's Books. Love Bill's. I love Bill's love Books. Bill's, Bill's good, dude. What's up, Bill? <laughs> Sorry, I just maybe he'll watch this. Maybe he plug bills. Go to Bills Books, Sixth Street in Canton. People, (laughs) love that place. Anyway, I was probably buzzing when I went there, but you know, just more maintaining. My brothers didn't say anything. They, I don't think they knew. You know, they might 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 have had a hunch, but you know, nothing big. Um, And I waited through most that day. I think was pretty good, and just started pounding again at night. Because now you have a gallon of whiskey. I've got a gallon of whiskey, right yeah. There. So yeah. I'm pounding that night, and uh, now i got to work on Sunday. I went to work on Sunday and Monday. This is the week after Thanksgiving. I went to work just drunk. I mean, they had to know. I'm just I'm going in, and I'm just trying to maintain. And the thing is, at work, when I'm like that, I'm just anxious. You know, like, I just have the anxiety. Just get me through this day. Rather than being able to focus on my job, I'm just like, get me through this day. Right. I get that. Every, every, everything I do, every conversation I have with somebody there, everything I'm typing on the keyboard, I'm just like, just get me through. Just get me through. Um, somehow I do it. I don't know how. <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> and... uh I went home those nights and just kept drinking. Um, I think it was... So I went Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I, again, I had gotten to that point. I hadn't finished everything yet. Usually I wait till I'm completely out of alcohol. But I knew I was like... <laughs> I told my parents again, I'm withdrawing again. And they were like, well, we knew this was coming. We could tell the last couple of days when you came home from work that you weren't in good shape. When I'm coming home from work, and right. tell that, nah. I look like coming I'm coming home from, home from, the, from bar. the bar. Yeah, yeah. And so, sure enough, um, I tell them Tuesday, I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta go to the hospital. I go back to Altman. I don't know if they didn't want to keep me there again or what. Um, you know, at this point, I'm still kind of drunk, but I'm already going through the withdrawal symptoms, and uh, 
you know, they gave me some medicine, um, some different things. They gave me some Librium, um, some Vistarol, Ativan, those kind of things, um, just to kind of keep me leveled out. And they bring in peer support. Again, I talked to this lady I know through Task, um, a really nice lady. Her name is Becky. Um, she, I'm kind of leaving it in her hands at this point because I'm just out of it to like find me a place. She was like, do you want to do, she's like, I think you need to go to inpatient, which is, I'm actually living, living at, at the yeah, place. facility. I'm like, okay. So she gets me hooked up. She's calling all these numbers for me. Nice, you know, nice person. She's just calling everywhere. She's trying to get you help. Yeah. So she finds this place uh, called New Vision um, that works in East Liverpool Hospital, and they can get me into this uh, program, this place in Youngstown called Neil Kennedy. So these are places, East Liverpool and Youngstown, I don't know anybody. An hour and a half away. Yeah. So they send me home from Altman, still feeling like absolute shit, and uh, gave me like a prescription for some drug, and she wants me to go up to East Liverpool Hospital the next morning. And they take me there, and they said, well, we'll take you in here, you know, uh, help you detox. And then when a bed is open at this Neil Kennedy place, you can go there. I end up having to stay five days at East Liverpool Hospital. Okay. Beautiful place. Is it Great really? hospital. Great really? hospital. Oh. I left a note the night before I left. I wrote a long note and just thanking them for everything. I was constantly telling the, the people that would come in, you know, like, I'm sorry, you have to deal with me. You have to deal with real people, and I'm in here. And, you know, they're all, and they're like, no, no, you're fine. You yeah. need help. And so they're like, we're used to people coming in here withdrawing, and they're out of their minds and Freaking out. fighting with yeah. us. And yeah. so they're you're, like, you're, you're a pleasant experience. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. like, you're nice, and you're apologetic and thankful for everything and it was nice I got room service there I felt like shit the whole time I was there but it was really nice right. you know, my parents it helped a lot probably yeah knowing that people were taking care of you that actually wanted to take care of you rather than just doing it for a paycheck right yeah it was it was a good experience I wanted to get out of there I wanted to go home but overall it was a pretty good experience um then I start finding out about Neil Kennedy. Of course, when I'm feeling better the last day I'm in the hospital, I'm reading reviews online, and I'm not liking the reviews I'm reading. And I'm like, and I was telling my parents, and they're like, you got to do this. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. I just you don't know. want to. Yeah. yeah. And I was told that it was going to be like a 9- or 10-day program to come to find out that it's more like a 30-day program. Oh, so I tell my work, and I think I'm done. Um, and basically, I go in, I get a doctor's note um, from the hospital, give it to my parents. They, My dad took it to my boss at work, and he said then, he's like, tell Evan, you know, he'll have his job when he gets out. Like, That's awesome. Yeah. Now, that's still kind of up in the air right now. Yeah. Because um, when I got out, I called, and uh, uh, he basically said they want to have a meeting with me which I think uh, is more or less probably going to be an ultimatum. Right. Like, uh, you slip up, you're gone. I haven't had that meeting yet because uh, the, the human resources lady had, just went in for surgery, and uh, so she hasn't been back yet. I think I'm going to have it this week, so that's still kind of up in the air. Um, but anywho, Neil Kennedy, I, I guess, how long have I been talking? Doesn't matter. Keep going. No, yeah. I'll wrap it up with my Neil Kennedy experience. <laughs> I am not going to give a positive review for this place. Um, this is something I absolutely needed to do, and I'm glad I did it. 
because I needed to get away from everybody and just be around people that had the same problem I mm-hmm. have. Um, you had a lot of people in there that were heroin addicts, um, things like that. But, you know, I've gotten to the point now where I don't, I no longer go, well, they're doing heroin and killing themselves. And, uh, you know, people, I, I met a good friend, uh, a guy, um, I won't throw his name out there, but I met a good friend. He came in the same day as me, uh, kind of gangsta, ghetto type of guy, but really, you know, pure heart. Uh, talked to him all the time. I had these dreads tattoo on his face, uh, mixed dude. And he's died 14 times. Wow. Uh, they've had to bring they're, him from Narcan. Yeah, they've had to bring him back with Narcan 14 times. Holy shit. 30 years old. Like, what are you doing, man? But I've gotten to the point where, you know, I used to go into these places and look at someone like that and go, At least that's not me. That's not me. Yeah. I'm just drinking. Yeah. Now I'm just looking at it like a different drug, but it's all the same. Drug all is the same. A drug addiction is, a drug. is addiction, man. Yeah, it doesn't sure. matter what you're doing. I'm lucky that in my young 20s, I didn't get into something like that. I never had a desire to shoot up. Uh, so I never did, but I think if somebody would have like had meth around me, I probably would have done that in a heartbeat. I just never really was around it. Yeah, I did my fair share of coke. I tried. I, I smoked crack before, um, you know, acid shrooms when I was real young. Weed, obviously. <laughs> Everybody yeah. smokes uh, weed. Pills, yeah. ecstasy. I loved codeine. You know, Vicodin, all that. I even overdosed when I was eighteen on Yellow Jackets caffeine pills. Damn. <laughs> I ended up in the hospital then. Did you buy the Holy whole shit. store? That <laughs> was back when they still had the ephedrine. Oh yeah, yeah. It didn't take didn't take that many to overdose on those fuckers. <laughs> no. That's another story for another time. See, I'm not ready to give my lead yet because uh I just bounce all over <laughs> so many stories. You're just not supposed to really until you've uh, been sober for a year. But anywho, um this place was like jail. I've been to jail three times, all for my DUIs. Um and this place was like a step up from jail. The difference was we had group all day. People would go around going, I'm grouped out. Because you're going, it's basically going to an AA meeting, like nonstop. All day. All day. We'd wake up at, they'd get us up at 7 o'clock. We'd go have breakfast at 8. You know, you had time to get in the shower or whatever. Our showers, they had, what they had is the main building, if you stayed in there, was called inpatient. And then they had two more buildings for guys. They had different names for them. They had the Docks House and the uh, Gelbman House. And they could each fit like 10 or so guys in those houses. So what would happen is they'd be down all day, and then they'd go back to those houses. Then they had two houses for the girls, Emory and Vision Houses. Okay. And, and, the, and then in the inpatient, which is where I stayed the whole time I was there, which is that's another story. That's kind of weird. Because here I am, 34. Usually they kept people down there that took a lot of medicines. Mm. A, lot of, a lot of medicines. A lot of medications. <laughs> medication. A lot of medicines. <laughs> um, I took one Zoloft every morning, and I'm in my 30s, you know, not in great shape, but in better shape than a lot of people coming right. through there, and yeah. they never moved me to one of the houses, which I thought was kind of weird. But that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> so what they do is they get us up at 7, the people from the houses would come over, our bathroom, we had a public bathroom, and they had these two showers in there that looked, you were basically getting inside a phone booth oh, to take a shower. Deals, like, you couldn't yeah. even turn around to scrub, right. you know. I just, I was like, this is jail. Right. This feels like how I, I've been to jail, and this feels like it. Um, the only difference is, instead of wearing orange jumpsuits, we got to bring clothes with us. Uh, did they wash them, or did you have to do We had that? washers that we had to have Tide Pods. 
which is weird because people eat those. Yeah, people, yeah. Well, children do, yeah. <laughs> which I still don't get to this day. I still don't understand. It didn't even do anything. It just made them feel like shit. I was actually going to ask you, do you know anybody, either of you? No, no. no. I, work, I work in a middle school, and I, and I never heard of any of those kids doing it. I, does it even get you like a buzz or anything, or just make no you sick? Idea. From what I hear, it didn't do anything to them. It was just like a challenge, and people yeah. did it. Like I don't understand that at all. Me either. Me either. I, I mean, I guess people dare me to do things, and I do stupid things. But, but then you see all kinds of drugs that people do that like just fuck them up. Like it doesn't look fun at all. Not that, but like that crocodile or whatever. I heard about that. It actually, it essentially gave you leprosy. Like you would lose limbs of your body and shit. Like your fingers would fall off and shit. Like it ate away your limbs. I actually percent of the time. I, I don't know. I just remember people telling me about it. and I saw pictures. Actually, Joe Rogan talked about it too on a podcast. But like, it was some gross shit. So gross they wouldn't even show it on YouTube. You know what I mean? I heard about that in rehab. People talking about crocodile. But like, or why something. do that? Like, not only that, but like, it looks like it doesn't feel good at all. Like all most no. of these drugs that people are doing. The things that people are doing now are insane. Bath salts. Yeah. And and uh, and the thing with heroin is people are dying off heroin now because they're getting um, uh, what is it in there? Uh, what fentanyl. Is fentanyl, yeah. that's it. Which is killing like Tom Petty and Prince and shit. Yeah, they're getting fentanyl because people are cutting the stuff with all to these make different it, things. Yeah, and, I, and I've and i also heard with heroin addicts is like if you hear of uh, say that Mark's a heroin addict and I'm also a heroin addict and I know where he got it from and he, I hear Mark o- overdoses, I'm looking to get the same shit because I know, oh, that's going to fuck me up. Yeah. That's what I heard Strong them say in there, yeah. which is... is Scares me. I mean, yeah, it's, it's that's the, the 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 mindset people have. Like, oh, that's if I hear somebody stuff. overdoses and dies or almost dies, they resuscitate or whatever. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to do that. I'm yeah, not going near that. that. Yeah, but uh, people are like, I need to get that. That's always me. Is like, well, I'll take it to this level, but I'm not going to take it to that right. level. But there's people out there that, are like, oh yeah, that's what I need because I'm not getting high off this other stuff yeah. anymore. You're leveling up. Got to level up. Yeah, it's a video game. Yeah, fuck that shit. Yeah. So we get up, we eat breakfast, and then we'd go to group. We'd have group from uh, nine to twelve with like a smoke break in there, like a three hour. Basically, it was like two groups because you get the little smoke break to. And then after that, you'd have lunch. Then you go to group. Then you go from that group to another group. Then you'd have dinner. Then you had a couple more groups. Sometimes some certain days you had like a half hour where it's a leisure time where you can do what you wanted. It wasn't much. No. Yeah. By the time everything was done, <clears throat> it was almost eight o'clock, and you had till eleven o'clock before lights out. Um, if you stayed at one of the houses, you had cable. You could pretty much watch whatever. Down where I stayed, an inpatient, we went in one of the group rooms that had a TV. The girls had one, and the guys had one. We got like ten channels. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm like, this is jail. Yeah. It's exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Just like jail. You get. I- Three, five, and eight. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what we had. And uh, we'd watch the same crappy sitcoms that I don't watch when I'm on the out, you know. I, I, would, I would talk about it like it was jail. On the outside, you know, we do this. Right. And then I'd go back, and i have this little room with another guy. My bed's here. There's maybe close to ten feet in between our, our beds, you know, little kid beds. Yeah. No TV beds, in there. Yeah. No TV Nothing. Were you, allowed, you weren't allowed to have your phone in there. Uh, no, they, as soon as I got there, I had to strip down naked in front of the nurse, like completely naked. My my peen was hanging out and everything. <laughs> my peen. <laughs> like just just 
That's see right there. That's enough for me. Now I'm like, I don't uh, want to get naked in front of some. No. As soon as I got there, and then they they take all my clothes, like the stuff I packed. Too, they go through everything I packed because they you know, make sure I'm not bringing right. drugs in. They took uh, I had like just an electric trimmer, not like a full blown razor. Took that. Uh, took uh, my aftershave. Because you can drink aftershave. Yeah. yeah they man. won't let you have shampoo, any of that stuff. Um, weren't allowed to wear a hat in there. Because you could be hiding something? I guess. Yeah, they said you come in and they had cameras and people would like come in like oh. this, hide and stuff. And, hmm. and just crazy stuff. And they took all my stuff, threw it in the dryer at like the hottest temperature ever to uh, kill any bed bugs. Make sure you didn't have bed bugs. Uh. So all my stuff shrunk. <laughs> so I'm mad because I'm very particular about my laundry. Yeah. And my t-shirts are all shrunk now. That would like, piss me wrecked off. Wrecked one of my hats, went through the dryer, and it was my Smashing Pumpkin Zero hat, and it's all oh, smashed no. up now. Yeah, Smashing I know. A. <laughs> that place is getting a bad Yelp review. Uh, yeah, dude. It just, like, and here's the thing. There were some counselors there that did really want to help and were there, but there just wasn't enough counselors for people. Half the time, we ran our own groups. This is how bad yeah. it is. We would go in, and they'd say, like, a counselor would pop their head in and be like, who's running? And they'd get somebody that had been there for a while. Hey, can you run it? Like, this person over here. Yeah, I got it. And luckily, when I got there, there were some really good people there. Um, when I first got in there, there was a lot of people that really wanted help. I met some good guys. Um, uh, the guy I was talking about earlier that played in bands, another guy that uh, really kind of got me closer with God again. We read scripture together. That's awesome. Um, they did offer yoga in there twice a week, and I started going to yoga. Loved it. I love yoga. I loved it. Yeah. I've never done it in my life. Uh, Absolutely it's loved it. It's fucking hard. It is hard. <laughs> it's so hard. I, I woke up sore it. the next day. It's, so fun. It was amazing, and she was very spiritual um, and would like read scripture while she did it. You know, She was big-time Christian and, mm. and play like – life house and skillet and stuff mm, like i don't know about now, that you know? like, yeah. let's turn that down but hey, i guess we, at that point any music any music was was nice you know and and uh so i met a lot of really good people and i really needed it but like they would just tell us to run group and we just run it you know somebody would read the prayer for the day or the the word for the day whatever and and then we'd all comment on it and it was good it was good. I didn't care that the counselors weren't that involved because I was getting what I needed. Mm. About two weeks in, a lot of those people, the really good people that I met in there, were leaving. They were graduating. Mm. A lot of the people coming in were people that were court ordered to be there. I don't think they, they didn't want to be there. They didn't have a desire. They were doing it to get their their sentence lower. Mm -hmm. They were the people that if they signed themselves out, because I could sign myself out at any time. But if they sign themselves out, they're going to have to go back to court. They're uh, going to get a longer jail sentence. They were getting a benefit, for yeah. sure. You get these people coming in, and there's girls there in jail. You don't get to see the girls. There's girls there. It was like a high school. I called it Neil Kennedy High. <laughs> there was this big block you could walk around in the middle, like when you were like when we had our free time or whatever. And these guys would see any girl, like these half decent looking girls, not even, you know, and they're in rehab. You're in rehab. You don't have anything to offer them. They don't have anything they're, to offer they're you. They're catcalling these girls. And they're just following them, trying to get oh digits and stuff. You know, I met some girls in there that I talked to, friendly conversations and, and stuff. But, like, to go to rehab to try to get a girl is just <laughs> – it's insane to me. It's like, yeah, I can't see that's very positive. <laughs> I've made some friends in there that I've I'm already friends with on Facebook, so you know, if they see this video they'll be like eh. <laughs> But but I mean it's the truth. Like uh, 
That's that's how it was, and it was just it was insane. It was like a high school, and you'd constantly hear them come over the monitor. They have cameras everywhere, and they'd come over the monitor. Guys on their side, girls on their side in the cafeteria. People step away from the. There was this guy that had white glasses in there. He's a nice guy, but we called him Vanilla Ice. <laughs> and the, one day I was in the bathroom and I heard over the speaker, well, the gentleman with the white glasses and the purple shirt step away from the women. <laughs> and I start cracking up in the bathroom because I knew exactly who they were talking about. Yeah, that is funny. I mean, I could tell you some funny stories from Neil Kennedy. Like, just they had to be, you, yeah, they'd be a trip, man, just seeing all these different people that you don't come in contact with in a normal and and day. i'm there there's people in there that kind of know the same people you know just like when you go to jail oh i know so and so i go in there and i know no one finally the last like week i was there i met a girl that was from stark county she uh. went to sandy valley we knew some of the same people she was a good like five years younger than me but we knew a lot of the same people oh that's cool mm. i won't name drop her on here but right, right but right. um for the most part, I'd say Stark County, and I'd go, you know, Football Hall of Fame, and they'd be like, oh, I know it's in Ohio. You know, Fuck that. Uh, a lot of people shit. didn't know Canton Akron at all. They're all in And Youngstown. they're from Ohio, yeah. They live in Youngstown. Right. or Cle- A lot of people were from Cleveland, uh, the Warren area. Okay. So, That's like right in between Youngstown and Cleveland. I'm like, I know where Warren is. All right. Been there a few times for How some How do you not know where Canton is? Right. Yeah. It's like the fourth or fifth biggest city in Ohio. How yeah. do you not get I I didn't understand it. But anyway, to end the rambling about Neil Kennedy, um, the people coming in were, um, I wasn't enjoying it. And some of our uh, groups near the end of when I was there were getting kind of like tense. Mm. Like we'd have a big group and like people would sit there and talk about um, when it was their turn to talk, you know, they'd say, uh, there's a lot of personalities in here because we had our older people and then we had all these young kids coming in and it was like, you know, I was right in the middle and it's like a lot of people aren't here for the same reason and we kind of got to watch ourselves and try to get along and it was just like it it was changing and I wanted right. out and right. I told them from the beginning they wanted to keep me I actually should still be in there till January 3rd uh-huh. and I told them when I got there I'm going to spend Christmas with my family and my daughter I don't get to see my daughter as much anymore because right. she does her own thing and she's a, yeah she's what a sophomore this she's year she's 16 she's yeah. a she's junior really, in she's junior in high school yeah. And uh, so I wanted to spend Christmas with her, and I told them that from the get-go, and they are like, well, well, you know, because it's a money-making oh, issue. Right. My insurance is paying for it. They're going to keep They're still getting on. a check, yeah. yeah. January 3rd would have been past 30 days for me, but they don't want to let you go on a holiday. They mm-hmm. don't want to let you go on a weekend. They, don't, they have all these rules. It's a money-making thing. Yeah. Well, which is anything to do with the medical field is a money-making. I mean, yeah, there are people in there that are that want – good for these people there were people that work there that but were there's really also great. people with their hands out like without you being here we don't make our money yeah so. overall that facility was so disorganized it was one of the most disorganized companies i've ever come in contact and with. you needed and like people like that are i feel in your situation need like consistency and structure. organization yeah. structure like all that for sure but i so. am thankful i went through it i got i got yeah. what i needed out of it and i learned through that, uh, I learned from some people I talked to, especially my one friend Chris, who I still have talked, kept in contact with since I've gotten out, is you got to work your own program. You need to take all the advice and the things that you get, but sometimes you have to close off everything else and not pay attention to what's going on. I mean, you'd have people in there just like, 
still kind of glorifying the drugs. They'd be at lunch talking about all the drugs they did and like, yeah, yeah you know, and it's almost like they're like, you can tell they're just ready to get back out. Right. So, you know. And what I feel like if you're in there, you're in there for a reason. Like you better try to at least embrace the right what they're doing. When I went there. to the AOD programs in jail, I knew I wasn't going to quit, but I still tried to kind of embrace, embrace it. it. Yeah. Something out of it. There. There's always there's little life lessons in everything you do, and that that's a big life lesson that you should like. And I think you, from just talking to you, I feel like you've done everything the right way. And you, as of right now, I mean, you're doing the best I think that you've ever done. I told you when we got here, I was like, just the five minutes we rode in the car together, you're talking more clear, like you're like it. it it's different than it used to be. I don't know. I can't explain it. It's hard to put in words, but like it's, you're speaking more clear. It's just, it's, it's, I'm happy to see other people say that. It's like, to me, I, I feel like I sound exactly the same, but it it seems genuine this time around. Right. It does. That's what I guess it is. is It's just, yeah, it's not like you're not talking better. You're just, it just sounds better to me. It, it sounds like you want to be here. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever I'm trying to say. Is, I like it. Whatever yeah. works, man. How long did that go on, man? I feel like. Whatever. 45 oh, minutes. That was therapeutic, Mark, so I, yeah. I, I appreciate you guys letting me. No, it's all no good. this is what we wanted to do. I wanted to hear your story. You've been one of my closest friends for, for 12 years now, and, yeah. you know, it's been a, a concern of mine for to know what's going on, but, like, I didn't want to pry. I didn't want to you know kind of speak out of my lane about it like i didn't i know what to say exactly but i'm happy that you came here and, and explained it to us yeah yeah i was just kind of letting you go like i figured you'd say what you wanted to say and what you right. needed to say right. so we just kind of let it go this is awesome this is great man this is exactly i'm happy that you came and did this um i am too i, feel I have better. a couple questions if you don't mind sure um they're not too too personal like how i guess they are but like how is your daughter, like, handling this? Because, obviously, she's old enough to know. Like, she's not like my daughter where I, I can play. Oh, Daddy has to go somewhere for a while. And like, then, she knows what's going on. Absolutely. She 100% does. And, uh, you know, I think for a while I could kind of kind of hide it from her. I mean, I think she always kind of knew as she was getting older, you know, 10, 11, 12. But for the most part, I think she knew like the one time I went to jail, but for the most part, I didn't drink around her. Right. There were a couple times when she was really young where I went to, I actually drank with Carrie, her mom, mm-hmm. but we'd wait till, you know, she went to bed. Right. And so, I mean, she had known that I drank here and there, but didn't really know I had a problem until more recently. Um, probably in the last three or four years, she, she knows that mm-hmm. I have a right. problem. Well, how is she, um, I guess, how is she taking out? She's, She's become more distant to me. She doesn't really? talk to me about it necessarily. Um, I'll like sometimes send her a text, you know, tell her what I'm doing. I think she knows I was getting going to get help because everybody else knew. And I've told her if she ever wants to talk about things, we can. I said I'm always here for you. And she'll tell me. She'll text me back. She'll say thank you and I love you. And, you know, we still have a, a, a pretty good bond there, but I know that she keeps her distance from me more than she used to. Um, part of it is, is age. Is age. Um, when she got to be about 13, and I think is really before she started to notice 12, 13, and she was already not wanting to come around in, as much because of friends. I know there was a particular incident, though, um, that one day I was coming home after a bender of doing a lot of stuff. This is probably a few years back. 
and uh, my parents kind of caught me on the way coming in knew I was completely messed up and Paige was there I was trying to get home and usually I just you know could just mesh in but my parents kind of called me out so I left Mm. because I was like I'm not dealing with this and I just left the house and she would come on Sundays correct yeah she used to always come on Sundays she was there and I left and I know that because she went back and talked to her mom I didn't get it from my parents I got it from Carrie came back to me and said well your parents kind of went into stuff with Paige they took it upon themselves to Mm. tell Paige probably not their bet I have some resentment to my parents I know they're just trying to they were kind of saying do you see what your dad's doing? You don't want to end up like that. They were using it to tell her not to get involved. They they in drinking, are, they are almost going. They almost went into it like an old school mentality. Like did. this is what happens when you do this. See, do you want this? And that might not be the best way. No, to do I it. was pretty resentful after because of course they didn't tell me they had a talk with Paige. Paige didn't tell me. Carrie right. did because Paige went back and told Carrie. What they were saying, and Carrie was nothing. Comes nothing's better than baby mama. Baby drama. mama coming down on you. <laughs> Carrie came. Believe me, I know that it sucks. She yeah. said, "What's this about? You came home all messed up, and then you left, and then they were lecturing Paige about you. That she doesn't want to be like you and do this stuff." I'm like, "Jeez, <laughs> probably caused me to drink that night." Yeah. <laughs> but, oh yeah, no, I guess I never think about it like that. Like when you're giving them shit, it probably just makes it worse. Makes them want to do it more. Yeah, I, and, you know, it's, it's nobody's fault but, but my own, but there are definitely things. Um, even my parents now trying to keep me from doing things, and I'm like, I'm over 30 years old and stuff. I build a resentment. Right. I, I build a resentment in uh, that Neil Kennedy place. The first two weeks were, like, I got a pretty good experience, and then, the, like, the last week I was there, I was like, get me out of here. Now I'm starting to feel like I want to drink. Right. And, and that's, that's not right. And that's not what that yeah. place is for. Right. That's not right. That's still me. That's me finding an excuse. But, and I realize that, but it is, you know, there are things like that that it's, it's just, they're still triggers to me. Right. And you might always have those. I probably will. But I'm hoping, see, so you're what, 34, almost 35 now? Yeah, I'll be 35 in February. <laughs> so hopefully by when we're talking, because I'm always going to have a relationship with you, hopefully when we're talking, you're 40. You're gonna say I don't have these cravings anymore and these trigger points. I kind of brush them off, like fuck off. You know that that's my mentality on shit. Yeah. It's like stuff that like is triggers that like, triggers my anger or my depression. I just now I, I'm to the point now where I just go fuck off, man. I don't I don't need it. I don't care if you don't want to be in my life or whatever. Or you think I'm doing something wrong? Then I have I like you know fuck off. Mind your own business. And yeah. I hope those. That's I hope that's where you can get to instead of going. Well, I'm pissed off, so now I got I want to drink. You know what I'm Absolutely. trying. I guess no, I second that notion. Yeah. I, another thing, real quick, that I learned, kind of go off what you're just saying is, sorry, um, they tell us that our brain kind of stops maturing once we really get into the drugs, like when you're an addict. So we, me, I, I can speak for myself. I never really developed good coping skills. Mm. Because from the time I was, you know, in 18, 19, 20, I'd say I started getting really bad in my early 20s, that I kind of stopped maturing, and my coping skills were to go drink. Mm -hmm. 
So now that's what I go to. Everything is drinking. I'm mad. I want to drink. I'm sad. I want to drink. All these things. I've never developed coping skills. Instead of getting on a treadmill and running five miles and being like, yeah. and then when you get off, you feel better. Exactly. To me, that's what I do is I do something like that. And that's the same feeling of when I get done. I'm like, eh, fuck it. It's not that big of a deal. Like, that's what you were trying to find when you were drinking was, oh, right. it wasn't that big of a deal. What the fuck am I so mad? But you've already, the damage is already done at this point. Yeah, yeah. so I kind of come off, probably a lot of times I, I've come off really immature and I, I sound like an 18-year-old because, you know, my brain... Stopped developing. Yeah, stopped developing certain things. Yeah, I still have certain things, you know, that it's developed. But like, Don't they say your brain doesn't stop? Really maturing till you're 30? No, they say it's like 24, 25, 25? I think. Yeah. That's why, like, because I started smoking weed at 16, and I was like, fuck, dude, I wish I would have waited till, like, 26 or something. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because it affects, it affects you. And you definitely does. You, you don't develop the same way other people that, you know, never do these drugs or, right. or never get I'm hooked to I'm to use my them. phone real quick so we can cut this part out. No, I got you. Actually, I got a piece, so maybe we should just take a little breather. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a lot. All right, we took a brief little intermission, piss break. Uh, I guess I did. We wrap up the Evan thing there. I mean, more. Yeah, or less. we were asking questions, and and uh, I've got to say that was probably the best hour of jam up oh. that we've had. It's definitely the most serious, like yeah. public service announcement type <laughs> shit for sure. We don't mean it to make very a joke therapeutic. No, me. it was great. I'm happy that I was telling you off camera how happy we are that you came on and gave us this for sure this story that. And if it helped you, even better, you know? Yeah, it definitely did. It's a real twist for the Jam Up podcast. Right? Yeah, usually People we... probably didn't see this coming at all. <laughs> you say Evan Wiley's your guest, and I said... They were like, oh, sweet! Some, no, I was going <laughs> to say that was something <laughs> goofy and stupid. Yeah. Not only that, but I was drinking on the last one, so they're probably like, oh, shit. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll get to, I guess, a few more, like, bright-sided topics i guess yeah uh, let's go back to normal a little more sunshine and lollipops now that christmas is over let's start with ufc 232 happened recently it was uh john jones versus Gus- alexander gustason yeah i see that name i had to i had to say a few times he's a it swede right. it's not like khabib Nurmagomedov, which just rolls right off the tongue <laughs> um but yeah i guess we'll start off with uh the two main fights We'll go with Nunez versus Cyborg, which didn't last long. Wow. Yeah. Let me just tell you, wow. Can I can I start this this one off? Go for it. You're the MMA guy. Man. I have grown up watching Cyborg fight. She is a fucking monster. I when they used to talk about her and Rousey fighting, yeah. I was like, well, that's that's the that's Rousey train is done. The hype train is done because she would have she would have mowed over Rousey. So going into this fight, I said Nunez is the definite underdog. Really? Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, she's a she has a puncher's chance, but man, I said Cyborg's gonna mow her over in the first round, and that's what happened. She tried to do what I thought was gonna happen. Yeah, I think that was probably her downfall. They they went straight at each other. I mean. She, Dunez finished her off in the first round. 51 50, seconds. 51 seconds, yeah. I mean, it. It. I didn't see that Damn. coming at all. I thought it was going to be a hell of a fight, but that. And something you don't see very often with female fighters, and I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, I know 
different biology and all that, but like you don't see a whole lot of ab- absolutely out cold knockouts in MMA. Oh, dude, Women's she landed MMA. flat on her face, right on her nose. Like they showed the replay, and I remember just seeing like her whole face squished in, like straight into the. Yeah, mat. and they they showed a really good replay of when she was going down. She kind of like looked over because you can tell like the lights were still on a little bit, and then they shut off mid fall. Yeah, her head just like turned. Yeah, like, like like a robot, like it just went back into its program position. <laughs> I went straight like straight a cyborg, like a cyborg. Exactly. Oh Holy wow! Shit. I'm Why gonna have to check that, that out on YouTube for sure. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Do you do, you do Facebook anymore? Uh, I'm still I'll, on the book I'll, face. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to face. you on the book That's face. That's you've been messaging me That's about this duh, on the book face. Duh. Book face. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering I what it. you're doing over there. I, like, I get on. it. But no, dude, that I, I didn't see that coming, and it made me think. Like, what if? What if they did an entire card where every fight was finished within the first round? It'd be like a 45-minute pay-per-view. I think they have a lot of uh, backup for that reason. They have a lot of previewing of what's going to happen next, and they, they just throw a lot of video packages in between. Like Promos That fight could have went 25 minutes. Yeah. But oh. between the Jones and the the uh, Cyborg fight, they, they played a lot of packages. Like, this is what we're doing in ESPN in 2019, and... Yeah, yeah, so UFC is going to ESPN now, which is great. I was unaware of that. Yeah, it's going to be on ESPN instead of Fox now. Actually, yeah, okay. and WWE's going to Fox. And WWE. WWE's going to Fox, right. SmackDown. So, yeah. So, I think it's going to work out better for everybody because um, everybody knows what Raw, or is it SmackDown? It's not Raw. SmackDown. I thought it, I thought it was both, but maybe not. Is it? I, what I had heard is, uh, which things might have changed, was that USA shelled out a bunch of money to get uh, Smack. Or to keep Raw, but wasn't willing to show up the same money for SmackDown. Mm, gotcha. And SmackDown's a better product. Well, right. But for Raw's sure. been Most on there since 93 or whatever. Right. Kind of went away for a minute and then came back. Raw but still draws better ratings just because more people yeah. know it. Because it's Raw. It's, yeah, it's, it's the flagship show. Right. Um, but yeah, dude, that Nunez cyborg, crazy. That they, I expected it to be a 25-minute fight. So did I. It <laughs> was not. I think and I think you're right. Cyborg came out guns blazing a little too hard, and it bit her in the ass. And it works for in past fights, but I think Amanda Nunez is just a step above. Now these these two women could fight again. It can be a completely different outcome. Um, that's the beauty in fighting. But I think Amanda Nunez anticipated it and trained for it. Like, okay, I'm better than this. If you come in, I have the power to put you out. See, you had Cyborg, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, to me, it was a toss-up. Like I think Cyborg. Like I said in the last one, and you laughed. I said I think Sky, Cyborg is scarier for sure. Yeah, but <laughs> Nunez true. is a monster. She's so fast. What's that, Walter? Oh, oh, I didn't even realize he was over there. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, she is. I mean, and tech. Uh, there's no secret that women's MMA is a couple years behind men's MMA and technique-wise and all that. And these and many Nunez is the, the exception. Man, she has great technique, throws beautiful combos. She's good on the ground. She's good at wrestling. She's good at everything. Like, she is the next generation of women in MMA. I believe it's going to be just like in wrestling, dude. That you're seeing some of these women matches are better than the guys. Yeah. And it's going, to, it's going to be the same. I'd say another five, six years, there might be better women fights than there is guys fight. I mean, oh. these – it just could happen. They thought they were on the verge of that with Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but she was still mean? one very one-dimensional, you know. Right. 
Yeah. It seems like it's getting even better. Oh, I remember when I watched UFC 200, because obviously I don't keep up with it like you guys, but I was impressed with uh, Nunez. Yeah. Um, she. I mean, she put a beam I didn't know who Misha she Tate. was going into right. that. Yeah, Misha Tate. Mm. That's another thing that's going to happen. Is they're going to start marketing more of these women because they're going to be money makers. Guys like to watch fucking girls go at it. They like to see them scrap. Yeah. Well, look how much money Ronda made them. Right. Yeah. Instead She's of it just being revolved around Ronda Rousey, it's going to be revolved around the women's divisions yeah. as a whole. I yeah. can't stand yet when they have one name. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't like it either. So you think, you think they'll ever they'll ever go the WWE route and do an all women's pay per view? Maybe like a I don't few know about years a down pay- the road. Yeah, I don't know about a pay per view. Maybe a, a fight night would be really fun to watch. Now there is a there is a promotion that does all women fights. There, I think it's uh, Invicta. They're I mean they're fairly big. They well, a lot of these um, girls, these females, are starting in Invicta. It's kind of like their LFA. Huh. I think anything's in the realm of possibility nowadays because uh, the way we are with uh, what is the. Uh, Campaign Me Too or something yeah. like that, like uh-huh. getting the women. Everything's Hashtag equal, and it should be. I think everybody deserves the equal chance, equal rights, and um, and if if it's a better fight, it's a better fight. Yeah, um, honestly, yeah. yeah, that's all. I that's all I care about. I'm not against women fighting or anything. No, I'm, I'm probably against my daughter fighting. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, God knows she'll probably end up doing it. So well, yeah, you are her dad. Right, and she's she's not a very aggressive person, but I really wasn't when I was growing up either. Until I hit about, till I hit about <laughs> first second grade. Yeah, there oh. you go. Yeah. <laughs> it only took that long. Yeah. yeah, it only took like what six years. Uh, I, yeah, I was very timid until then, though. I was very, um, yeah. So maybe I don't know. Little Jeffy. Yeah, <laughs> but little the, big uh, Jeffy. <laughs> yeah, I was always I was never little. The um. The main event, though, man, that was a lot of buildup for that, and I don't think it really delivered. No, I think I think Nunez and Cyborg was probably the fight of the night for sure. Right, uh, the big moment, definitely. Uh, but I think, I mean, Jones definitely won the fight, and right. uh, I mean, he didn't look like he had any advantage. You know what I mean? Like it was right. a pretty good fight there up until the end. I knew. I thought the only way Jones loses that fight if he doesn't try to take to the ground, because Gustafson's been known to not have. Do you want to wake him up? Or? <laughs> I'm, trying to keep the, I'm trying to keep the microphone away. Buddy, come on, come here, come here. He's the star of the show today. Evan's not the guest. Walt and Evan is the guest. Come here, bud. Walt took over. All right. Sorry, people. Three, two, one, go. Um, I I always said Gustafson. The way to beat Gustafson is to take him down. And, but he's gotten so much better at not getting taken down. It's like it's scary. But Jones's wrestling is out of this world. Yeah. So it kind of went. I said it's either going to go five rounds and Gustafson sneaks out a decision, or Jones does get to the ground and finishes him, and that just that happened. Yeah. Well, see, I I, uh, I watched the first fight they did from however long ago. I think six years ago on YouTube because they made it a free fight. You know, UFC does right. that shit, and. uh it was a much different fight from the first one. Like, it was debatable whether or not Gustafson may have won the first right. one. This one, there's no doubt. Right, and uh, even in some of the promos before uh, the fight, Jones said, "Like, I was a that was a diluted version of myself that he fought before." And I could definitely see that in this right. fight. 
compared he, to the first one. And he he's only fought twice, three times in four years. I mean, that's impressive too. I mean, there was no rust. There was no ring rust. Yeah. No. It. I mean, especially with all the controversy surrounding him in this fight, like he didn't. It was a pretty well matched fight. Like Gustafson, he was holding his own there until the end. Right. Right, and then Jones took over. It was a um, the the bad part about Jones though is like now he's going to have so many eyes on him, and if he slips up one time, it's like everything's going to be pissed away again. Yeah, like if, I feel bad. I feel bad for the guy to the point where like he's made bad decisions, but sometimes bad luck, you know, just follows you. Yeah, and I think part of it has been the bad luck, like. But everybody's making a big deal about this drug test that he took and that there was like a grain of sand of the whatever he took before was in his body still. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's not going to give you any advantage whatsoever. So why are we making a big deal out of this? Yeah, that's that's what he said, too. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of like the whole weed thing. Like weed isn't doesn't help your game at all. Like, no. If anything, it might hinder it. It would if you went into something smoking weed. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I being a weed smoker myself, like, it definitely gives you more focus. You're able to concentrate a little more, in most cases. But uh, other than that, I, even that wouldn't even give you that much of an advantage. No. I mean, thing, almost being too focused in a fight would probably be bad. I would think, yeah, because fights are mo- mostly instinct anyways. It's muscle memory, what your body's... Like I'm not. I don't tell myself, okay, now throw a jab. All right, now throw a left hook. It's yeah, you're, like, not, you're not really thinking. Comes all, it just it's natural. Yeah. You know, that you got to train your body to do it. Survival mode, man. Yeah. Might be just like they want the clean image. The, uh, yeah. yeah. UFC. Yeah. Oh yeah. They don't want. They don't want. Like, remember how baseball was 10, 15 years ago? Right, exactly. Oh my god, it was like the dirtiest sport in the world, and now like UFC's trying to avoid all that. Right. Well, it's like the NBA in the late 80s, early 90s, too, where like, people were saying it's a bunch of thugs, and right. so David Stern trying to clean it up. Clean it up. Yeah. And I get it. You know, these, these people are making so much money that just the Josh Gordon thing, for instance. Like, yeah. Dude, but after talking to you, I get it. I get it a little bit more yeah. now. Yeah. It sounds like, it's not. It, you think he wants to be fucking fined and fired and never play football again? No, but sometimes... I said myself, right. I was a complete hypocrite when he first st- started with that um, early with the Browns, and I was like, man, you're making that kind of money and you can't just stop, but here I am. Right. Yeah. You know? It doesn't matter how much money you make. Exactly. The addiction's stronger than any dollar sign you can fucking find. Yep. So, so now, I mean, honestly, talking to you has opened my eyes up even more. Like the whole disease, it's a disease, it's not a disease. Like, yeah, it might, nobody told you to put that shit in your body, but it doesn't mean it's not... Right, you're at fault for doing it in the first place, but the the cravings it's a, and things. It's are, a preventable disease. Oh, Doesn't mean absolutely. it's not a disease. Yeah. Absolutely, I mean, that's just how it is. It's not, why why put it on the same thing as cancer? Yeah, I don't choose to get cancer, but it right. happens the same way. You didn't choose to to have to go through this, right? We're are. what the scientists have found out. Not to jump back onto it, but is that we are born with the gene. And it's it's whether we open that or not. Some people haven't. Some people don't. Right. Some people can drink and and be fine and not want to drink again for a month. When I opened up my gene in my midbrain, 
it's now it's shutting off my frontal cortex and telling my midbrain it's like survival now it's the, the midbrain's the same part that tells you you need to breathe and need to eat and need water to live uh, uh, you need the substance and now it wants that substance right. wow who if I can ever guess this dude was a, a, a fucking neurological <laughs> yeah brain wizard well I've been through it in the last year watching all these videos and stuff but yeah I, I compare John Jones and, and, yeah John Jones I mean he's another guy man he loved a party and it, and it caught up to him and it was like, how, why are we making this guy feel like dog shit? Because he's making a bunch of money. You can't stay clean. Yeah. Instead of going, man, this guy needs help. Like, he let's needs get help. him the help. I he mean, it's, it's not an uncommon story either. I no. mean, like, we, we would forgive all kinds of other people for making mistakes. But just because he's John Jones and he's kind of fucking cocky about it, like, right. fuck that guy. Is what it comes with the fun. attitude, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It also sell. it's a nice little sound bite when he goes, uh, when he tells Daniel Cormier that he, yeah, I beat you on a, after doing a three-day coke bender. Yeah. What's your excuse this time? Like, what's going to be your excuse this time? It's yeah. Like, it's a great sound bite. Sure. But Absolutely. it rubs people the wrong way. Like, oh, you're glorifying that you were on a three-day bender. Yeah. And really, it was just, it's how I sell a fight. But, I mean, if you think about it, it's, he's not wrong. I right. Mean, it did happen, and that was the case. Like, that <laughs> says is a, a good lot. Sound like it. Yeah. So, at the end of the day. Man, DC is not happy about this. <laughs> he wasn't happy before, and he's certainly not happy afterwards. I was, uh, I was actually on DC's side until, uh, obviously, the Stipe thing. Um, and I'm not... No, I'm not saying that DC's wrong in any of this, but, like, go... If you want to fucking prove that John Jones was a cheater and that's the only reason he beat you, go prove it. He's testing positive... Or he's testing clean for stuff now, and now this is the time to fight. Like, if you can beat him, this is going to be the time to say, yeah, see, I told you guys. But if he loses again, it's like, well, he's a better fighter. I mean, and it's inevitable. I mean... Who's the next fight for John Jones? Probably DC. It's gonna have to be the whole Brock Lesnar thing is that died. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, isn't that the fight they want? They wanted, so. yeah. I mean, and it could still happen, but for some reason, it's not. All right. They were definitely setting you up for that. I don't know why not, but but that that does remind me of something that happened during the fight. Uh, there was an eye poke. There was a couple eye pokes right there near the beginning, and. They once John Jones got poked in the eye, they they milked that shit for a minute. Like yeah. they stopped. Even the guy came in and shoved a flashlight in his eye. And, like, well, the doctors I think have to come in now um, if there's a stoppage. They didn't for the first one. That was a nut shot. That's why it wasn't I thought there. Poke. I thought there was an eye poke to mm. Gustafson. Maybe not. No, it was it was a groin shot. Yeah, I do remember the groin shot. And that referee man, well, he thought he was like running shit or something. He was like yelling at him. No, oh, I don't want to see another eye. Was he like, was calm he was, down. He was like in soldier mode too, the way he was going around yeah. the ring. But like, cut your fucking mustache. Dude. Say, with a mustache like that, he'd probably think you're pretty badass. But his, dude, he has a mustache that goes down to his knees. Like, yeah, like it's like braided and like I don't even know what it was. It looks like Dr. Like Robotnik little, or something. I mean it's I think a, oh, Peter yeah. Peter Griffin once said with great mustache comes great responsibility. So yeah. Like I, You're I the only one that watches Family Guy, so <laughs> when he was when he was doing the the little stick at the beginning, where he's like, "All right, I want a clean fight, touch gloves, blah blah blah." Even uh, why can't I remember the fucking announcer guy's name? Bruce Buffer. Bru- Even Bruce Buffer, when he put the mic in front of him, like he had to like go around the mustache right. and like put it up in front of him. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, it was funny. I was just like, oh, man, what a pain in the ass that mustache. Is. Yeah, come on, dude. Cut the fucking thing. Like, you see that mustache, and you know that guy tries way too hard. <laughs> he just looked like a fucking Lord of the Rings character. That's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> but watch. He'll be my, my ref my first fight. He'll yeah. be like, oh, and you're going watched, to die. This is the only episode of Jam Up he's ever seen. <laughs> he and he watched this after an hour and 15 minutes of Evan's story. It's the only part he watched. Uh, and I'm getting screwed my first fight. Well, it will. That will happen. He'll be my referee. I'll be like, damn it. Are you scheduled yet? Uh, you know, it might be. I was just about to say, maybe we'll... Uh, okay, I don't want uh, to wreck anything. Fight update is always written down yeah. for every single episode. Um, Somehow we skimmed over it. I think Jeff did that on purpose. It's definitely... Um, things are things are moving. Okay. As soon as they announce something, as soon as, you know... Something happens, I'm definitely going to let you guys know about it. Good. You better. Because yeah. you, you said right here that this is the place to find this the is, info. Yep, this is the place. I'm going to announce it on here first. Bada bing, bada boom. Well, I guess that'll wrap up the UFC 232 talk. All, all, all together, I thought it was a great card. Yeah, I, I, I thought, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I watched the, like I said, I watched the last two matches or whatever uh, first just because I, I wanted to make sure I watched it before we did this. Right. Then I went back and watched the other one. The other fights weren't bad. I was. Uh, it was kind of upsetting, though, to watch on the undercard to see BJ Penn, which you've known me. I've oh, always yeah, been a BJ, BJ Penn. Penn fan. He got submitted. And I didn't know he was still right. fighting. Uh, he shouldn't be. It doesn't look like. Uh. I shouldn't say that. I mean, fuck, probably people think I shouldn't be fighting either, but he... <laughs> How old is he? He's forty. Okay. He got submitted, and he's not—he's never been submitted before. So, okay, it kind of sucked. But you know, it's part of the game. That's what I've—I've kind of grown. I'm still a huge fan of the sport, but like, I don't care about who wins and loses anymore. It's kind of you're—you're in it now, so it's it's different. They're now your peers, right? Well, technically, yeah. I guess thinking like that, but. I'm still a fanboy, though, man. I I still like I see I, I still get excited for the fights and like. And like I, it takes me away from being knowing that I I'm technically involved even though I haven't fought for him yet. I'm still like, huh? That's gonna somebody's gonna be watching me on the TV soon. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Maybe uh, BJ Penn will want his last fight to be a heavyweight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I guess different weight class. <laughs> uh, a young and hungry up and coming tiger. Wow. Me. They are saying that John Jones might. Move up to heavyweight. Right. That's a possibility. Dude, the heavyweight division is stacked. It's going to be stacked if he comes up and, like, all these guys are coming up. And, like, there's a few guys that came that are in the, the division now that are on their way up. And it's this is about the funnest the heavyweight division's ever been, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all cool. right. Right here, right now. John Jones versus Jeff Lights Out Hughes. Who wins? Me, of course. Of course. Right. There. I knew the answer already. I just wanted to hear it from you. <laughs> Cool. You need to start calling out Brock Lesnar. That's what I told him. Yeah. I, I, that's what I told him. Brock Lesnar's going to be like, who's that? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Fuck. Fight me. And maybe Give me money. He'll be like, yeah, I'll take this guy out real quick, and then you kill him. Then you got a name. And then you take Sable from him. got a name for him. life? No. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> Sable's bringing that paycheck, maybe. Oh, boy. They got a lot of kids. Their kids' names? No, I have no Should idea. <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, let's Rock see. I think one is. <laughs> I think one is Turk. 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 That's Lesner. a wrestling move. Yeah. And uh, oh, I thought of Scrubs. That's what I thought of too. Yeah. 
Um, and Duke, I believe. Duke, Duke. Lesnar. That's a, that's a Duke, badass Le- name. That is Duke cool. and Turk, I believe, are their I think two Duke, sons. Both of those are cool, actually. Duke's a pretty badass name. I like it. I mean, you have to be a fighter Your or a wrestler. Your dad is fucking Brock Lesnar. You're going to be a fucking monster. And have you seen his daughter? No, I, don't know. I don't oh, yeah, believe yeah, yeah. it's Sable. Like, no. She looks just. She looks exactly. like a female Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Yeah. He sure. must have had her like in, <laughs> like in what when he was in the WWE the first time. I I'm not sure. She's, yeah, she's, she's older. She's, she's got to be like yeah. a teenager. Oh. Yeah, and she wrestles, I believe. And actually, the picture I've seen of her, I probably saw a few years ago. She was, she might even be older now. Yeah, she might be graduated, and and uh, I think she might be training right now for. <laughs> And obviously, Sable <laughs> has a couple kids, I think, with uh, Mark Maron, Mark, uh, yeah. her previous marriage. So so there's all kinds of kids there. So you, before you say, you know, the money with Sable, you, you realize all these kids that are... <laughs> yeah. And you'd have to talk to Brock, you know, about... Yeah. Give me your, give me some child support. <laughs> yeah. That should be like uh, Daddy's Home, that movie. <laughs> we went a little Brock, deep there. Who's your... Who's your... Who's... Yeah. Who's the... Who's the dad of these kids? Eh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Mark what? Lesnar. Um, Jesus. All right, here's what I'm really excited about with you, especially. Um, how much you do it? Top all right. five. Jared probably won't enjoy it. We, we disagree on music all the time yeah. now. Yeah, we might have to do this again with Jared. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and go with top five favorite bands, and we're going to do – we're going to name the band and a recommended album from that band, from said band. So uh, I don't know if you guys have got your – Got your wheels spinning earlier. And got I did a little mind. bit, yeah. I mean, for me, I when I say it, I don't want to like commit that these are my top right. five. Maybe more. They change like, out every. Yeah, day. they change yeah, out. Yeah. Obviously, you guys know my favorite of all time, and that doesn't change. But the uh, the rest are kind of. So I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, go ahead. Gotcha. Well, my favorite band of all time, most people know, uh, is the Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins, good choice. Shame Billy Corgan just died yesterday. <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> Wait, what happened? Exactly. No, didn't make headlines yet. <laughs> they 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 tell me that every time. <laughs> I used to get text messages in the middle of the night from Jeff or Jared that say, "Did you hear, man? I, I'm sorry to like they try to make it so serious. Like, I'm sorry to, to tell you this, but I just saw on here, you know, Billy passed <sighs> away and." We need to like call the onion or somebody and get one of those hoax yeah. things going. I almost, I swear to God, I almost tried to make a hoax thing like that and like make sure he saw it. Yeah. So it was like, what? It's true. Call Snopes as well and be like, do not debunk this for two days, <laughs> please. Give terrible. us the weekend. Uh, speaking of Billy Corgan too, and on the wrestling subject, you guys know that he like runs NWA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NWA now. That's that's crazy. That's cool. And he's he got, a weird guy, but like, he is. I, he's I, I, I love Smashing Punk, and I love him. Well, but, I always hear such shitty. Th- I always hear he's like an asshole or a dickhead. Or I've whatever. heard different things. I think he's. Uh, I think he's misunderstood because I saw yeah. him on Joe Rogan, and I thought he was a pretty cool motherfucker. Like I thought he was pretty cool. I've seen interviews where he just seems like the coolest dude ever, and then I've seen interviews where he seems a little like they like the interviewer might rub him the wrong way. Or well, something. I mean, everybody's a fucking asshole sometimes. Yeah. You know? Probably just, and he's just in the limelight most of the time. Yeah, yeah. we get it. I guess my recommended album, I love them all, but uh, my favorite is uh, Siamese Dream. Yeah, so if you're like somebody that. that just listened to Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, because that's their biggest, listen to Siamese Dream. They're both good, but both Siamese good. Dream is a classic. That's my favorite. So is Melancholy. But. They all are. That yeah. one is their most popular. That's the one I grew up on. Melancholy. Two yeah. yeah. 
Um, I even, like, a lot of people, uh, an unknown album for them is right before they uh, broke up the first time, when they had still had, like, all their original uh, members, um, they did Machina, the Machines of God. And a lot of people were already done with the Smashing Pumpkins by the time that came out. Mm. I think it came out, um, I was a sophomore in high school. Machine of the Machine? What is Machina. It? Machina. The Machines of God. Oh, okay. And then they also had an an album that they just released to friends and family. It was like part two. It was called Machina 2, The Friends and Enemies of Modern Rock, hmm. which was also good, but it, you can't like find it. You have to download the stuff on. Yeah. But, but, he can do that. But yeah. Machina like, oh, has yeah. the original Machina, The Machine of God. is uh, It's still got the old Smashing Pumpkin sound to it, I think. Okay. So. Yeah. So that's your number one. That's my number one. I, man, it's, it's a it's a revolving door after this. Um, you guys want to cut it down to top three? Yeah, let's do top right, three. What, what top three? Just because I'll say I'm just gonna throw this band out there, and I'll probably take such crap for it because they're more of a band I listen to now, and I've I've shoved them down your throat before, and I shoved them down Jared's. And all. they're a unique taste, but a band, and they're not even together anymore. They just finished up. Uh, Let live. Let live. I've never heard of them. L E T L I V E. Period. It always has the punctuation at the end. Uh, kind of like Portugal, the man. It's always Portugal dot like period then the man. Gotcha. So it's even. A thing. I mean that floats around my top five all the time, but they're honestly one of the bands I still listen to more than any other band right now. They only made three albums and they called it quits. The lead singer has a new band now. Um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of it. Uh, sorry, I can't plug you. <laughs> Can't plug you, Jason. Um, the Fever three three three, I think, is the name of his new band. But um, hmm. uh, recommended album, all three of them, man. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're amazing. Um, I don't even know how to compare them to anything. They a little Rage Against the Machine. Um, they're kind of all over the place. Like he'll do everything from sing beautifully to kind of a little bit of uh, flowing or rapping oh, to wow. screaming. Uh, that just sounds like rage. Yeah, just he's all over the place, and and he's known for his antics on stage. He'll do like backflips and stuff, and just jump all over the place and jump in the crowd. And that's, I mean, like I have a shirt and it says like backflipping conglomerate punk rock bleach hair bleaching sluts or something. <laughs> Jesus. Like, that. like wow. I think they consider themselves a little punkish, mm. but I mean, I don't know. They hit like every genre to me. I know your third. Um, I don't know if I know my third. Sublime. Sublime's not bad. I don't know. He doesn't. I don't see. He doesn't get it. He says, "I don't get it." Uh, the, the Sublime thing is like you and Jared never let it die. But like I, I have respect for Sublime. I just I've never gotten into that. The, you know, the, the little bit of ska in it. That's never really been my style. I mean, I listened to a little bit of Less Than Jake when I was younger and stuff, but I... That's definitely, like, one of my least favorite genres of music. But I still yeah. like Sublime, but I can't put on a Sublime album and listen to the whole thing. I just... It's, it never was my thing. I get it. I, I guess I used to say I don't get it. I get no, it now. I don't get I it. totally get the stoner view of it. Right. It's nice to put on and, like... It's mellow. The mellow tracks are good. Yeah. The, the, the stuff that was on the radio was good. But. I mean, yeah, people always love Santeria and all that. And mm. I, I get it. I have fun with it. But I think in my 20s, I was always, like, so much... I was so angsty. 
<laughs> that like I didn't like happy music. It was a little like too that. upbeat. Yeah, yeah, it was too upbeat for me. I it, liked like the like the same upbeat. reason. No doubt, couldn't make it until like '94. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Because everybody, they were very scum. every yeah, like that was their big like their first album didn't do well at all because everybody wanted to hear like Nirvana and Pearl Jam, right. shit, where they were all singing about. And like, they did that what Don't Speak or whatever. Was yeah, that, yeah, that album with Spider Webs and Don't Speak yeah. and I'm Just a Girl that blew up. That's right. a good album, though. That is man. a good album. That's that. I think that's their best album for sure. It's no doubt, most commercial. Right. It's like Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Those were the albums of the 90s. That's a good album, too. Alanis Morissette's underrated, man. And she's God. Don't forget that. She is God and Dogma. dogma. Uh, Third, third, third. Um, uh, Again, like, I've always been a hardcore Hope's Fall fan. I don't know if you guys listen to them. I remember remember the name. Um, Funeral for Friends up Mm, there. That was mine. Still still Pearl Jam's always going to be up there. Yeah. I'll throw something out that since we're recommending things that people probably don't know about, uh, everybody probably knows Kill Switch Engage. Yeah. But my, <laughs> I'll say for my third band, it's a band called Times of Grace, because that's my favorite album of all time. They only have one album. They're finally supposed to make a second album, but what it is, it's the original lead singer from Kill Switch Engage, uh, Jesse Leach, not not Howard, the guy that belts out. Uh, the black dude. The black dude yeah. that belts out like a um, like opera, opera yeah. yeah. But Jesse Leach, because I always liked his lyrics and his emotion more. And then the, 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 really the brains behind Kill Switch Engage is Adam Dukowitz. He's my favorite musician. He's probably one of the best musicians of our time. Oh, he's he's my favorite guitar player. He's, he's an amazing singer. He does backup on all the Kill Switch albums. You always any backup you hear is him. He's got a beautiful. And he sounds voice. better live than he, he does sounds on better album. live. He, hmm. And uh, so basically, he wrote the whole album for Times of Grace. It's his it's his baby. And he said, "I couldn't picture anybody else singing on this but Jesse, the original Kill Switch singer." So. It's just the two of them, the whole album. Uh, Ad, yeah. Adam does all the he does the drums, drums and, he does the guitar, he does right. the bass, he does half fifty percent of the vocals, the other fifty percent are Jesse. They split writing lyrics, and they're finally supposed to make a second album. But that first album is my favorite album of all time because it's Kill Switch in a different light. Um, they really do. They have an acoustic song on there. When right. you hear Kill Switch do acoustic, well, I know Never. they. Uh, I, I watched something. It was kind of like a making of wasn't end of heartache it was the or what is it end of end of heart end of heartache yeah end of, end of heart it was the one after that they were doing um um behind the scenes of it uh, gosh man i'm sorry rose of sharon on it and, yeah i know what you're talking yeah. about uh rose of sharon their third album yeah. as as something about darkness as daylight dies, as daylight dies. Yeah. <laughs> so but they, about darkness <laughs> as daylight dies yeah that's about it um but like I guess Adam is like to the other guys is like they understand he's the most necessary part of it, but he's the biggest pain in the ass. Like he's the one drummer was playing it, and then he's like, "No, I don't like it. Do it again." And he did it yeah. the same exact way, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, that was better." And the drummer's just like, "That was the same fucking thing." It was the same thing. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. a perfectionist. He does all their albums now. He produces other bands, like a lot of other metal bands, like All That Remains, Unearth. He's the producer for them. He's just a genius, but yeah, he's very stubborn. Very he's kind of like Billy Corgan in that sense. Like, so you like stubborn asshole music? I guess. <laughs> I I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not, but when they wrote "Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness," I guess like everything James wrote, you know, the Asian guitar player, yeah. like Billy wasn't happy with him, went and rewrote it himself. <laughs> no, 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 let's do it like I this. don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard rumors. 
So yeah. So so times of grace. Look him up right now. I remember. I, I'm not a huge. What is Jesse Leach? Is that how you say his Jesse name? Leach. Yeah, I was not a huge fan of yeah, him, like but I liked Times of Grace. I liked that album. It was that good. album. I never heard it. Yeah. I'll have it's to look worth, it up. It's worth the listen. I'll look it up. Yeah, for sure. I'm one of those people he was talking to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go, and, and I'm going to nail mine pretty quick, because we're running low. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. It's all my fault. Um, I would say my first... Would definitely my favorite band of all time. He had to look it up. No, I'm just looking up albums. Referencing, yeah. Um, mine would probably be Incubus. Okay, good one. Yeah, I saw them live, and like they're another band that I really appreciate. Bands that can, when you see live, they sound just as good or better. Yeah. Yeah. And they blew me away with how good they sounded live. I felt like I was I had headphones on. It was like beautiful. Mm. Um. I would like a lot of their earlier stuff. Like Science was a great album. I would recommend that one to start because it was their like really Love their Science. first kind of. They had Fungus Among Us before that, which wasn't very good. No, Science was great though. Science was awesome. Cassette tape over there. <laughs> so that's how man, I still will listen to I Science found that and the, the other one house. that you're probably gonna say. What's that? I still I still will listen to Science and the other one that I yeah, think you're make yourself to make yourself yeah make yourself to me is track i think it's 12 tracks or maybe 13 one whatever it is you can start at the beginning and listen all the way through yeah, and yep. love every song absolutely um yeah I, that that's my number one band i would say coheed and came is my second i know that's your uh, I mean, yeah. something tells me that's not the last time i'm gonna hear that name no, you're not you're definitely this dude not. is a, I, I i love them i love i went to we're going again yeah february, february 26 i saw that you guys got six that's awesome um no Thank you, Christy, <laughs> my sister. Um, and we we were going to debate this on one of the our future episodes. We still will, yeah. yeah between um, the, albums. the albums, yeah. And I, man, I don't know. I'm between the first and second one. Those are my two favorite. Those yeah. are my two favorite for sure. But yeah. I'm between that. Uh, we're I'm gonna wait to recommend one of those until I really break it down on on the show with us. Gotcha. But you're um, saying at least the one of the first two. One of the first two. Yeah. And yeah. They're, but they're all good. They're all really good. Even the stuff that I really I'm not familiar with anymore is like their newer stuff. But like, I still like like it. Yeah, yeah. And that's hard for a band to do five six albums and still have a good music. <laughs> to me, like it blows still me. Still be consistently good. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, man. Number three, though. I want to say Tool. You know, I'm I'm glad you said that because I felt bad not even mentioning them. I yeah, mean, I want to say Tool. I th- I feel like some bands are just obvious. Like they don't yeah. even need mention. They're they're up there in the in the upper echelon of music. You know, like, anybody that listens to the kind of music that we all listen to had some moment with Tool. Right? Not for sure. For sure. I did not. I don't really care about their newer stuff. I guess they haven't had much newer stuff, so it doesn't... They have a new one coming out. They're they do. Yeah, you know, it's been coming keep, out for like five years. It's been coming out for a while. Um, That's true. I t- Which might be a great thing, actually. Um, How do you say Later Lateralis? Lateralis. That, dude, that was my first Tool album. My mom bought it for me. I loved it. Nice. Um, But... It's a good start. Yeah, I don't know, man. Undertow was good. Undertow was great. And of course... And- Anima, Ani- Anima's however you pronounce it, I think it's Anima. Uh, is the one I would recommend if you want. To. That's where you're going to listen to most that most of their hits. Most the, probably, if I had to say one album, it'd be that one. It's their, probably their most famous album. 
H forty six and two, the song Anima. Yeah, I love forty six and two. Push. One one thing, there was a there's a college for like young, not a college, but a school for like talented music 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 kids. And these kids play forty six and two, yeah. and it is beautiful. I think I've seen that before. I've yeah. it to the old book face. Before. The old book face. book face. It is beautiful. I, I played it. <laughs> I played it for all the guys I work with, and they're like, "Wow, that's really good." And yeah. These kids are like 10, 11, 12 yeah. years old. But yeah, those are my three. Those are my three go tos, anyways. Those are all. Those are some big names. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure you guys can think of my top two already. Like, I actually. I'll, I'll do it this way. This is cheating a little bit, but since they're so neck and neck, I'm going to make Pearl Jam and Coheed my number one. Okay. Fair enough. All right? And uh, for Fair obvious enough. reasons. Anybody that listens to this show knows why I love both. Um, when it comes to Pearl Jam, a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this one, but I'm pretty damn sure. I love their first two albums for sure, but when it comes to a record, see, I don't even know. I love Yield. People hate on me for loving that album, but I love Yield so much. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it just it was the right time in my life for that album to come out, and I just it resonated with me. Yeah. And even though on the Ohio WrestleCast episode that Evan was there for, I I ended up getting a higher vote for uh, ten over Verses. I would probably recommend Verses as as a first listen. I'm a ten guy. No, that but most like people. Verses. Like Most people would more. probably know stuff off 10 without even really like giving them a chance. They heard that on the radio. Exactly. Oh, because like, there's still songs that are played on the radio. Release sells it for me, the last track. But Versus <laughs> probably has like the best range of how good they can be. Yeah. I mean, Rearview Mirror alone. Rear Just listen Mirror. to Rearview Mirror. You know what I mean? If I, if I have to recommend one song, Rearview Mirror or, yes. or the acoustic version of Black. Okay. Mm. But, uh, Black is beautiful. And for Coheed... <sighs> Since you went ahead and said the first two albums, because this is a toss-up for me, too, I'm going to go ahead and recommend Good Apollo 1. You love that, too. Which I is their that. third album, and it's probably the best representation. Like, that is that is the album that set Coheed in motion for what Coheed would end up being for the rest of their career. Like, that was the formula. Like, they started that formula with their second album, Keeping Secrets. Right. And then they perfected that formula with Good Apollo. They 1. got better. Yeah, they get musically. They got better. Yeah, like I mean, like the songwriting is, has gone isn't as good as it used to be. Obviously, right. but no band is, you know. Right. But yeah, I'll go with Good Apollo for that. What's that? Why is that? I think uh, didn't we? I think maybe me and you talked about it. I it's think like, I narrowed it down first album for sure that's like their whole life of writing exactly it's probably been rewritten a few you times they played it a thousand album. times and they've mastered it it's the best version of those songs it's ever gonna be second album not quite so much but they've probably been writing those songs since they have been recording the first album you know and what I mean? now they know some things from playing with other bands and being in the studio with professionals exactly like and and they haven't really felt themselves out yet the first album was an experiment essentially right after that they're like this is what we are now like yeah. it's it's a different i think thing. when also like i think it has a lot to do with um when you're <laughs> when you're sleeping on a mattress on your buddy's floor and, and uh, you're you're torn in a van with five other guys man you're going to be a little bit more passionate about making whatever you have work for sure and you're gonna you're gonna have more like 
more emotion into something rather than okay we have a tour bus we live in a giant house and like it's harder to write shit from the heart when you're when everything's oh, living yeah. everything's looking good Those in life corporate and then yeah. you got people pushing it we have a deadline now yeah hard it, times man as yeah. dusty Rhodes would say hard times hard times hard times man and like <laughs> there's certain people that can't write when they're happy like yeah. people can't write when they're happy yeah and uh or their material just isn't as good when they're happy. And then that's the way it is. Sometimes you make it, you're happier, you're married, you have kids. Like, things are different now. Right. Things are different, yeah. That's a perfect Something way to say it. suffers, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I guess to move on, my number two, which is usually my number three, but since I'm, they've moved up since the co-favorites, uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't talk about them. Most of the people I bring them up to don't even know them. But when I play them for them, I'm like, oh, I've never heard anything like this. But Horse the Band. I know Horse the Band. Just love, a little bit, though. Love Horse the Band. Love the guys yeah. in the band. They're all extremely smart. Their lyrical content is underrated. They're one of the most intelligent bands I've probably ever heard lyrically. Horse like, the they'll, band. they'll go from singing. Like, they started out singing about, like, video game characters and shit. And, like, nowadays, you listen to their more recent albums. It's all, like, existentialist, like, meaningful shit all wrapped up in like a, a Nintendo Core package, which is what people call them, even though they hate being called Nintendo that, I guess. Nintendo Core? I've heard of that genre, and I've heard of Horse the Band, but I, I've never actually listened to yeah, them. Yeah, I actually, I only know like a like a handful of songs. Best way to describe them, they're just a metal band, and then like the main guy in the band is a keyboardist, and he everything sounds like mid-eye sound, so it all sounds like... 8-bit. Like 8-bit Nintendo yeah. soundtrack stuff, which is awesome, especially mixed with, like, uh, like metal. And then the, the singer guy, he can he sings a little bit more nowadays, but he just screams over it, and it's it's not for everybody, but I fucking love that band so I'm much. i to check them out today. Yeah, I, I definitely, now that you mentioned Rec- Recommended albums, most people would probably go back to their back catalog, but I think as of today, and they haven't released a new album in, like, eight years... But uh, they're still together. They still tour and shit. And uh, they're actually from the town I was born, Anaheim, California. But uh, I would probably recommend, when it comes down to it, a newer album, which isn't their most recent, but their second and most recent. It was called A Natural Death, which is really good. And if you, if you want to go back and check out some earlier stuff, Me- The Mechanical Hand, I think, is their third album. Great album as well. I'm going to check all these out. But I nowadays... Like, I like Nintendo. Just like most bands. Like, no band is the same. They've definitely evolved over time. Like, they're more yeah. melodic. The the screamer guy who used to only scream sings a little bit, too, now. Like, yeah. yeah, I knew they were heavier because Gabe loved them, and he showed them a little bit to me back in the day. Horse, Horse the Band. Definitely recommend Horse the Band. Um, Horse the band. Number three, man. Not the animal. Number three... It's the band, not the animal. And not Band of Horses, either. I, that is also a band, Band of Horses. Which, is it really? Yeah, and like most of, because Horse the Band isn't like hugely popular, you type in Horse the Band, half the fucking search shit band will be horse, band, band of Horses. Because they've gotten more commercialized. Yeah, well, they're, they're pretty popular, too. They were all over the radio and shit. But, and number three, didn't even think about because Horse the Band is usually at number three. I'll probably have to say number three would be Foxy Shazam. Not sure if anybody's heard nope, of them. Nope, never heard of them. I don't think I have. People who listen to like the top 40 and shit will probably know their singer because he he was in a Macklemore song recently. Okay. He was downtown. You guys heard that song? Mm, I'm sure I have. He's the best part of that song. He's the chorus. 
guy reminds a lot of people compare him to like Michael Jackson or Freddie Mercury. Dude, there's nobody quite. Like, they're from Cincinnati too. Um, they're unbelievable. There's there's no band like them. Um, best way I could describe them is like a modern day Queen, essentially mixed with maybe a little bit of Michael I Jackson. Hear that. But if you've heard that song Downtown by Macklemore, he's the guy singing the chorus, and I try to he's the best Macklemore. part of that song. Yeah, I don't know if Dude, I know it. Just I've I, don't ne- I never to heard a Macklemore song. That's the only one I've heard, right. and it was purely because he was in it. I don't but, uh, know most popular music. That thrift ever. shop song, I was like, I was done with them after yeah, that. I was so, like, oh Yeah. But no, Downtown is a decent song purely because Eric Nally, the singer of Foxy Shazam, is in I'm it. I'm definitely going to check out both those. And, uh, Shazam. They're it's one of those name. bands, they, they started out much heavier. Like their first album, much heavier album. And as time went on, they, they're one of those bands that kind of reinvent themselves with every album. But uh, there was a consistent like two album arc there where they were very much like... Queen, and even the way the guy dresses and cuts his hair and shit, he was very Freddie Mercury esque. Like you could tell, he was channeling Freddie Mercury for that shit. And then uh, their last album, which was called Gonzo, I believe, they basically went like straight '80s. Like they look like an '80s band, like Flock of Seagulls or kind of. I mean, they're still the same band, and they're still genuinely good. But like, uh, just the way, like especially the singer guy reinvents himself almost every single album. Gimmick now is '80s. Kinda, yeah, yeah. kinda, but they're still they're just genuinely good, and the dude's got a voice like no other, you know. But and I guess when it comes to recommended album, if you want to go way back, listen to uh, I believe it's called Introducing Foxy Shazam. It's got a song called Dangerous Man. There's a music video for it. That, that, Foxy Shazam. That that was when they were going to less heavy and more just like melodic hard rock style, and then for a more recent. Uh, venture into them I'd probably recommend either what the fuck was the name of that band or that album I can't remember um might have just been called Foxy Shazam fuck I can't remember I'm gonna check them out for sure that name <laughs> Foxy Shazam yeah like it's a hell Sounds of a like name like a character off of like uh, F is for family or something <laughs> or like Aqua Teen Hunger Force or something like that's Foxy Shazam right but there. They're they're a band like no other. They're one of those best bands out there today on my list for sure. Just well, check out anything. We from just Foxy. all gave each other homework. Yeah, <laughs> we really did. Like we're all gonna have jam sessions when we get home. But. Besides me, I was pretty basic. But yeah, way are, way to stay in the box. Uh, my bad. <laughs> uh, I kind of that was my thing too. Is like I like a lot of you know like Pearl Jam right. and bands that are like you know super famous, but. The, Maybe since we were recommending, I don't know. I'm I have a bad. Th- I have like I used to be way more like I was the first person. I don't know about with between me and you, but I was the first person to find funeral for a friend. Like I remember recommending them to Jared to Jared. Didn't like he didn't like him at first. He's like, eh. I remember sitting at Taco Bell waiting for him to close. He's like, I don't really like it. And then I don't know, maybe a week later, he's like, man, you, you these guys are good. I think almost he took credit for it. And I was like, wait a minute, you yeah. motherfucker. I was the one that told you to listen to him. I, I remember when I, I got into them, they'd kind of been around. I knew who they were. And when I got into them, Jared was like, oh, yeah, funeral for a friend. Yeah, I've been listening to them. Yeah. yeah I got, I we saw him at the 07 Warp Tour. Okay, yeah. yeah. You were hmm. there. 07? Yeah, when it oh, rained. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they were already one of my favorite yeah, bands there. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, when I. That's the only time I actually saw Coheed. 
Yeah. Wow. That's were, the first time I saw Coheed. It yeah. was awesome because they were the first band to play after the huge rainstorm. Yeah. They I said gotcha. it was one of the top three storms in the, the Warp Tour history. history. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We all got, re- like, we didn't get refunded. We got the opportunity to go to any other Warp Tour. They, they said if you keep your ticket stub, even though it's probably it was like, soaking wet, and, yeah. Yeah. and you can go to any of the rest of the shows, there were only a few shows left. I ended up giving my stub to somebody, and he went to the Pennsylvania show. And I was like, just bring me my ticket stub back because I keep all my ticket stubs. And he brought, he's like, they took it, but I have the Pennsylvania one. He gave it to me. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if I have a testimonial for Foxy Shazam, just since you brought up Jared Griffiths, I'm actually the one who introduced him to Foxy Shazam. And I didn't even know that until we started doing Ohio WrestleCast. The first time he came over, we were just out there drinking on the porch or something. And he brought, we were talking about music. He's like, you're actually the one who introduced me to Foxy Sazam, and they are awesome. So like he likes them, and he liked it. I guess I assume he if liked he them right off the one, rip. Yeah, but they're 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 like a modern day queen. Essentially, is the best way I could describe. Mixed with a little Michael Jackson. Sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty rad. Pretty, pretty rad, rad for sure. That's a rad sure. hoodie you got there. You remember that? It's pretty rad, no. Dad. <laughs> that taproot hoodie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we were in the exchange, and that guy kept going. But yeah, that's a rad hoodie. You and Josh were making fun of him. Well, fellas, we are almost at another hour here. This is, Jeez. we are just getting better off. and better yeah. at this shit. Um, probably a good point to uh, to call it an episode, I would think. Yeah, my ass has to get home. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'd love to come back and down the road. Maybe You will definitely be another guest. Another for sure. five or six, there's ten episodes down the road. I'll We're going to have to get progress reports, so you oh, got to be no. back. So. I'll keep you in order. Don't you worry. Like I said, to 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 finish that up, I am still beginning this journey, so I'm in no means, uh, you know, there yet. So right. So it's a lifelong, it's a lifetime journey, it's a man. Lifetime thing. And like yeah. I said, I'm not saying I'm never gonna drink again because I could drink ten years from now or tomorrow. But well, I want to say this, and I don't mean to be cheesy or anything, but I am just as proud. That I'm sure you were of me getting that contract is I I'm that proud of you and taking these steps in your life because this is what you needed you know what I mean nice. like I I know you always say how proud of you uh, uh, of you know but like how proud it's I am of yeah you. but like it, it goes both ways man I'm very proud of that you got a grip on this shit right now and I think it's it's gonna there's only two ways this is gonna end and that's you figuring this shit out and and living with it or you know the other alternate which is not what any of us want yeah living under a bridge or dying yeah so i'm like i said i'm i'm proud of you and i'm happy you came on and shared your story with everybody so for sure ditto ditto to all that man appreciate the outlet guys and uh you're always welcome here on the podcast sir um i guess with that said we'll get into a little housekeeping matt archer media is of, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Matt Archer Media. That's where you can go to see everything that Matt Archer Media does. We recently just did a jam up Facebook page. So yes. go ahead and like, Please like it, share, subscribe, watch everything, give us hearts on shit. And uh, <laughs> uh, that's facebook.com slash jam up podcast because apparently facebook.com slash jam up's already taken by a goddamn guitar pedal or something. <laughs> And uh, so, fuck you guys. Unless you want to sponsor us, go ahead. Sponsor us. Um, it's or I mean, fuck you. It's fate, right? Um, t-shirts available at thread mattarcher.threadless.com. You think I'd know all this shit by heart? Yeah, by you now. wouldn't. You shouldn't even need this. Yeah, anymore. it's not even on there. Oh, but uh, 
Uh, audio podcasts are available now on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, CastBox, Stitcher Radio, all that good shit. Pretty much anywhere you can find it. If it's not, let us know and I'll figure out how to put it on there. Um, for the auto listeners, youtube.com slash Media. You can watch the video versions of this. You can see our pretty faces. You can see what a recovering alcoholic looks like and what a <laughs> MMA <laughs> superstar looks like. How do you not want to see that smile? And, uh, exactly. Like, just watch purely for that. Um, and yeah, I think that's about <laughs> it. I'm blowing it. We are garbage truck on fire, but we love it. We have fun doing it. And uh, I guess with that said, yeah. With that said, uh, Jeff knows the drill. Until next time, Hogan must pose. <laughs> <laughs>